I haven't done one of these in so long. Yeah, this whole thing is going to be nothing but old men coughing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was your excuse last time. Yeah, I'm like, oh, we should do there. it. Again. <laughs> I had, yeah, both of these, when the both, last time both of these guys were over, I oh, we should do a podcast. They were both, they were both sick. Ah. <laughs> I've still got the effects of that. That's whatever that was. Yeah. That's crazy. I just, I can't. Well, you got, really, you got sick to your stomach and everything. Didn't oh, yeah. Oh, look at somebody. It's all right there. He's got the little blankie there. He's just, all he needs like the little nitty thing. Well, I knew I would need to get that out for him to be <laughs> Tell here. Tell me again about the rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that'd be my line because I'm like the bigger guy. So, or Dano. I don't know. Which, you're taller, so I guess technically that would work. Tell me about the rabbits, George. Tell me about the rabbits, George. <laughs> We've been recording for six minutes, just so you know. Son Ooh, of a bitch! It's a wrap. <laughs> right. Shortest episode ever. I can't believe it. This is the theme song to Red's podcast. The catchy theme song to Red's podcast. Red asked me to write him a catchy theme song, so I wrote this theme song over the weekend. I guess I should talk a bit about the show's format. He talks about nerd stuff with his nerd guest. So that's the end of the catchy theme song. I guess I should stop now so he can get started. In the not too distant future, next Sunday, AD, there was a guy named Joel, not too different from you or me. He worked at Gizmonic Institute, just another face in a red jumpsuit. He did a good job. All right, everybody, this is Ray with Rad's Basement. This is episode 11. My God, he was recording. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't mess around, dude. You should know that about me by now. Uh, this is the podcast where nerd is never a bad word, and I'm surrounded by nerds tonight. We've got a, actually, this will be a fun one. This will be a, a special one. Uh, returning for uh, number five. The Five Timers Club, Woo-hoo. Mr. Mike Vallis. Hey-o, hey-o. Welcome. Glad to be back. Yes. And to my left, um, I don't even remember the episode you were on. What? Uh, I think what? it was just, here, here's Danyan. Here's an Was it two? Highest rated one. It was, that's true. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You're right. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi, my highest rated episode, Danyan, number two. All kids come, <laughs> running, for, come running for the great taste of Scanyan. It was episode two. Yeah, dis- you should be pissed because despite all your episodes. Son of a bitch. I've done more work for this podcast than but you. If you do, and you get higher rated. If you do the math, though, you are actually ranked higher because you have. If I had them all together. Four <laughs> listens per, yeah, per, uh, per person. And then uh, there is a new voice uh, added to the mix here. Uh, somebody you haven't heard before, but somebody you will know very well if you followed us on Gaming FM. What's his name again? Mark Sarnicky. Yeah, his name's Duckhead. AKA, yo, but well, that's how we, yeah, that's, that's how, how I know him. Know him. Yeah, people at Gaming FM would know you as. It's like if people call me Mike, I'm just wrong. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's Duckhead. So I've got. I've known, I mean, I've come to know people for, you know, decades, and they don't, never even knew what my first name actually was. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for ruining it. Well, it's okay. I'm sorry. We'll edit that part out. So this is Duckhead. Uh, His first time on the podcast. I uh, normally what I like to do is have somebody on, do a solo episode, get to know them. But you know he's a little shy, so we're gonna get him out of his shell tonight and get him get him used. 
<laughs> well, that's and that's weird, isn't it? But that uh, you know, yeah, we don't we don't normally uh, later on. Hopefully, you'll find out how shy he really is tonight. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Uh, uh, Mark was that guy that you knew when you were in, um, you know, when you were younger, who you could be like, do something. You know, and he would do it. <laughs> well, I've heard plenty of the stories. You should start sharing some right now. <laughs> some good, some bad. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about a specific topic today, something, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, on our minds right now. But uh, first, what I want to do is uh, talk about Mike Vallis for a second. Oh, shit. And I want you to uh, tell the good people uh, what you're doing right now. You've made a big huge life change and i want to know oh my god you're putting me pressure i'm gonna be like down on this all right uh i am actually um i have recently uh left my job as of a week ago and i am actually um continuing i am starting a juice fast Mm. and i'm doing i'm doing that juice fast for health reasons and in these next three months during that time while i'm getting healthy i'm actually planning on being a voice actor Mm -hmm. so and I apparently Ray is going to be holding me very much to this. Oh yeah, man, that's that's got to happen. We got to see that happen. Now the funny thing is that right after you told me about that, we talked about uh, there was uh, that ad we saw, and I didn't tell you guys about this, but uh, there was an ad for a um, a group of ROM hackers that was doing an English translation yes! for a Turbo Graphics game, mm-hmm. and they're not only translating the text, but they want to get the voices in English too. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we're looking for voice actors to like, you know, send us your demo tape. Yeah, I was actually planning on doing that next week. Yeah, so oh, like so. a Turbo CD game. Yeah, yeah, so, so like you know, a Turbo, Turbo CD, CD game. game that's in Japan never came out in the U.S. They're like, we're going to translate this thing. We're going to go like go the full nine yards. And do even the voices in English. So yeah, some um, RPG that they're doing. Yeah, my suggestion to you uh, was to do it uh, really badly so that you would actually <laughs> sound like a real sound character. like a proper. Yeah, I would give them two takes. I would do a good one, and then I would give the yeah. you know like you were saying. Uh, that if you even, want it to be authentic, do it like Valus Three, where even the mighty Ramses is even the mighty <laughs> Ramses is taking me for a wimp, having me fight with a girl. Exactly. <laughs> wow. So you ever you heard that one? That, right. <laughs> That whole game was riddled with Then there would just be a Japanese language option, and we can enable that and get on with the game. Right. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, in in the best game, that's uh, that's what you hope for. Korewa, HE System. System no CD Domo Disagone. Noka Kaminya, Kamputaya, Data Yeso. And then I think it's where I legally off, so. And you need to do the data track. Unless it's the three in one disc. No one knows that joke. I don't even know that joke. Okay, so on the turbo <clears throat> on the turbo duo it came out that the three in one disc, right? Had He's more of a wonder mega kind of guy. Ah, okay, okay. Oh, I was all PC Engine. Which one? The three in one disc, okay? So the Turbo Graphics came with that disc, had Gate of Thunder, Box Adventure, Box Revenge. Oh, yeah. Thing, okay. So if you put that one in the CD player, plays that Japanese track that says, Kodewa H E Sis, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Or, well, it's the Turbo Duo, so it's probably in English. Anyway, it doesn't matter. After that track, there's the, the data, and then there's like this song. And it's this like really bizarre. I, I couldn't describe it. <clears throat> it had nothing to do with anything? No. There's it's not in any of the games that are on the disc, and it's recorded at a really high like volume level. So it's just like really jarring when it comes on, and it's just like a just real beatsy, like what is this song? And we used to like make humping motions to it and stuff. And like <laughs> we like we had no and now I'm glad I missed this song. Yeah. Oh, you gotta yeah, you gotta fire that disc up. I have it on the shelf. I'll play it at the end of the show. Oh, I remember there's all kinds of weird things. I remember um what was that Toho shooter? But you'll remember when I say this, there was like when we were going through the sound test, there's all like you know, it was like laser shot, missile shot. There was one there that goes Andy shot. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. It was Space Megaforce, wasn't it? Yeah, Space Megaforce. On Yeah, it was on SNES. Okay. Super Lust. Space Megaforce. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they had the New Order song in it. Yeah, I know. Okay. Space Megaforce Megaforce was the American name of it. Oh, was it? Yeah, Super Lust was the Japanese title. Yeah, with all the Mm -hmm. music had to be all edited so they don't get sued and everything. Yeah, (laughs) it was a thing. I didn't remember that the voice the, I, that's in the options. You just go through the options. Yeah, it, it's all the sound things. But there was there was no uh, weapon in there because all the weapons are like you pick up because like missile shot, you know, tri shot and stuff like that. There was one that was Andy shot, hmm. and we always just make fun of Andy Barron with that. Yeah, they must have improved that because I, mean, I remember most of the voiceovers just being like unintelligible in that game. No, no, yeah, huh. no, that was Thunder Force. <laughs> well, that was anything in Gen- Genesis. The voices are always good in the sound test, except when you play it actually in the game. Right. Yeah, it's when the music plays. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't. Well, Danian can do the uh, Thunder Force ones. Don't you remember? <laughs> no. The uh, Seba, Lassa, Go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Thunder Spirits was even worse. Which you did as a. Was that your first? No. Page in the magazine? <laughs> no. Well, um,. My first was actually Jack Nicholas Golf for Game Boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, we've established that you got Jack Nicholas Golf, and we've established that Daniel, you had to do uh, John Mann football. Yeah, it was bad football or Joe Montana sports talk football. Oh. One of the two. I don't, one one of of, some game. Some I, horrible football game. Yeah, some I game play. I use for a donor now for yeah. a repro. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I uh, for, and I and I and I had a sports game too. You fucking liar. And tactically is sports. <laughs> F-Zero. F-Zero. Oh. Was my floors of racing. <laughs> and this, uh, mind you, this was... Crimea River. <laughs> exactly. Well, that, that's the thing. Is, and also, keep in mind, this was F-Zero on, on, on the Super Family. Super Nintendo wasn't even out yet. Right. Yeah. You know, I had just been hired. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> so he came in and gave Ed a little... <laughs> <laughs> and then he got F-Zero. Actually, technically, it was Steve Rhino. It's not yeah. so much that, though. It's more you get a cup. Cup the balls. And then you get F-Zero. If you don't do it right, you get Jack Nicholas Golf. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> well, that's how we always said that's how you got into uh, EGM. We, we would always, yeah, that was our joke. We were like, oh, so you want a job here, huh? <laughs> and then you go into Ed's office and they come out crying. <laughs> Tears of joy. <laughs> exactly. It's for the future. <laughs> so, so uh, we're here because uh, we, uh, we wanted to talk about Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is a little show that maybe you've heard about. And, well, I, I think by now a lot of people have heard about it because it did really, really well on Kickstarter mm-hmm. for, uh, for the revival. And uh, we just got done watching the first episode of the Netflix series. But um, before we start talking about all that, I want to go back and talk about um, how did we first end up encountering the show? When did you first watch Mystery Science Theater 3000? Can anybody remember? I think for you, for us, it was that I think it was that we were at um, work. And I think it was, it was somebody brought it in. Was it Steve Honeywell? It was my dad that introduced it to me. Really? Yeah. Oh, so you I, saw it before. I don't remember this specific scenario that I was introduced to it, but I mean, ultimately, you know, when you are a teenager, you don't want to be spending much time at home. So <laughs> Daniel was the unfortunate recipient of me showing up at his house many a late night and basically spending the whole entire night there. And Daniel, we either, we either mutually got introduced to it or he introduced it to me, and it was uh, many a night spent watching Mystery Science Theater in his in his basement. And, yeah. Uh, 
getting yelled at by his parents for laughing too loud and uh, yeah. <laughs> well, not not specifically yelled at though. <clears throat> no, no, it wasn't specifically yelled at. It was it was actually it's actually more of a uh, more of a physical act that would let them know the amount of anger that they had of us laughing in the middle of the night. And so we you know. F- funny comments would be made. We start laughing, and the next thing you know, you would have you know, from the uh, from the floor <laughs> echoing down into the into the into the basement into Daniel's room. So that would you know let us know that we've overstepped our bounds and to be quiet. And yeah. then you know five minutes later, we laugh again, rinse and repeat for hours on end. Right. So, yeah. And it was always your mom, wasn't it? Always. Yeah. <clears throat> I hate noise. <laughs> what? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you D for something? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, so you were your dad? Yeah, my dad. He's a big movie junkie. He was also the one that got me into the original Doctor Who, which I could never understand the appeal of that. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just pissed you off. You're damn right. No, but, it's, all, uh, it's all totally understandable. But uh, he always liked the B movies, and when uh, Mystery Science Theater came around, he was hooked, and I started watching it, and yeah, fell in love with it. Yeah. No, I didn't understand what the heck was going on. It was, uh, for me, it was uh, my mom. My mom caught it somehow and introduced me to it. And it was one of those things where it's like, your mom's introducing you to a show, so you like, you know, you can't think it's cool. Yeah. Because you know, <laughs> your, mom, your mom's introducing you to it. So I come in, and I'm just like, uh, she's like, oh, you got to watch the show. I'm like, Ma, I don't, seriously. I'm like, I, I've got like, I'm balls deep in Gradius or something down in the basement. I can't be bothered to, you know, watch, you know, playing some video game. No, no, just sit down and watch this. So I'm sitting there with my arms crossed, you know, and then the jokes start rolling. I'm just like, I'm not going to laugh. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and I'm not going to, you know, but then of course, by the time things over, I'm like dying. So. Yeah, for me, it was like your mom watched it, and then, you know, by the time we got together, you or just, you lasted the whole entire, like, first episode, like, not laughing, and then, you know, you're in the room dying laughing, your mom comes in, what are you watching? Nothing! <laughs> 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 it's just like, shut the TV off real fast, there's nothing. A documentary. But, uh, so, yeah, by the time I was hanging out with you guys, then I go, oh, yeah, I watched that show, and then we started watching it together, Um you saw it at Sendai, though, Mike? I want to say it was either at Sendai or something, because I remember I just started around that time, so. Yeah. And I remember there were some people that I knew. That I, I, God. I want yeah. to say it was either a combination of uh, an old friend of mine, Pat, who either told me about that and we saw it maybe at a convention. Yeah. I honestly don't remember the first time. Yeah, because, like, it, I well, mean, when we first started watching it, it definitely was during the Joel era. But, I mean, I, yeah. I probably yeah. would have said it probably was 93-ish or something like that. Probably. So it would have been – well, the show started. I actually – I just remember my favorite comment was when I was the person I was working with because I was at that time I was working both <clears throat> Sendai and Toys R Us. Yeah. Um, cause I was like, I didn't know if I wanted to like do this job cause my, uh, my father's like, oh, you don't want to leave Toys R Us because of a 401k that they have. <laughs> anyways. Yeah. Career in journalism. Yeah, guess. exactly. I don't want to do something crazy like that. But anyways, I'd rather still, I'd rather be pushing carts. But anyways, uh, there was, I still remember there was a comment there. I think his name was Tom or something like that. He's like, I asked cause I was talking to people about what they thought of MST3K and my favorite comment was like, you know, it's a good show, but I really get, I really hate the fact that they keep talking over the movie. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you don't get it. Well, yeah, I've heard that and I've heard like, uh, what's this, what's that weird reindeer in the corner? <laughs> like, I've, I've actually heard people say that too, but I have written down, I wrote down some stuff because I wanted to make sure I remembered some of these things. See, I can never remember facts and dates and stuff, but 1989, it started. 
was a on, wow. on the on the Comedy Channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, but yeah, before it was Comedy Central, it was the Comedy Channel, and apparently it was on uh, in on uh, local access cable in Minnesota, yes. where they're from. Well, that makes sense. And yeah. in 1988, so then HBO decides they're going to like branch out and make a bunch of different channels. One of them is the Comedy Channel, and they're looking for shows to fill this Comedy Channel mm-hmm. up with. So they're like. You know, hey, here's we could fill two hours with this thing. Send us a demo tape. So they contact them, and then they send them a demo tape, and then Comedy Channel picks them up. So then in '88 is when it actually started. And then Joel was on um, from '88 to '93. No, '90. Yeah, '93. And then it was Mike after that. And then it ran till '96 on Comedy Central. And then it switched over to Sci-Fi Channel when they got canceled. Gotcha. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I would have never remembered all that. I would either. Yeah, I specifically remember um, in '96, Mystery Science Theater, the movie came out, and we, you, Danian, <coughs> Mark, I was there, and I we drove downtown. Drove downtown Man, because I it can't was believe a, it. Remember, I, yeah, it was I, a I very limited release. <laughs> and I don't know if you saw it in the theater. I didn't see it in the theater. So you didn't saw later. Yeah. So. It was uh, just a like real limited release. Oh, was it three? There was four of us though, wasn't there? Sarah. Ah, okay. Sarah was there too. Yeah, I've been with her yeah. for like twenty years. Remember? No, who's there again? <laughs> <laughs> where Where am I? <laughs> so, has it been that long? We need more drinks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so ninety six, we piled in uh, Daniel's mom's van. Full size. This was not a minivan. <laughs> this was a full size van where we're driving through a, uh, a Chicago. Park. Yeah, we're driving yeah, well, through a. So park. it's a conversion van, right? Yeah. I mean, some <laughs> listeners may not even understand what a conversion van is at this point. So maybe Jan, you go into a little detail exactly of what the. It was just a full size van that looked like a camper inside. <laughs> Big red velour seats <laughs> and <laughs> lighting and. Black and white TV. Yeah, it was uh, it was all tricked out. It had a TV in there. Yeah, I don't remember that. Wow. But uh, my my love of Chicago meant that I would refuse to drive that thing. So Mark took on the opportunity to shuttle us all downtown in that van. Wait, so it was your mom's van? Yes. But Mark, Mark you drove. drove. I I don't remember that. Wow. I I I would not drive it. (laughs) So we, uh, yeah, we we have to go drive in downtown Chicago. And then, yeah, I get that would make sense that you would say, Mark, take the wheel. Because he's an expert at driving downtown Chicago, even back then. So um, we're down there. and I I just remember us driving through parking garages downtown and, like, barely clearing (laughs) These parking garages. We're like driving, like oh god, oh god, looking up, yeah, looking up. Like the seven foot clearance warning, you know, sign. And we're like driving, and the van is like just barely fitting under the. Under the going through the manual, like, I'm yeah. paging through the uh, through the manual of the of the thing, trying to find the clearance of it. I don't know if we're gonna make it. It's clear. It's like knocking the spiders that are hanging on the roof for dear life off. It's so that close. Yeah, it was uh, it was a thing, but we had a really good time uh, watching that. Um, so that, that, that would have been at that at the, at the theater then on North Avenue by Second City then, right? I think what, that's where we went. What's the name of that theater? Ah, Do you remember? Th- I can't think of the name of it, but I, I believe that's where. Uh, oh man, we saw I saw we saw Ghost in the Shell there. We saw lots of. It's not like the Vic or something, is it? No, no, no. The name will keep going. The name will come to me, but yeah, it was a, it was a popular. It was a very popular theater. That yeah, it was. I remember it, it being know. like, oh, that's a theater. Yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's I, like the niche theater. <laughs> off the top of my head, yeah, I wouldn't remember the name of the place, but I just remember it was a nice place. I remember that, and I was, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a hell of an experience. It was a movie it was funny as hell, but uh, um, 
after um, it was on till uh, it was on till ninety nine, um, ninety seven to ninety nine. <clears throat> it's on the Sci Fi Channel, and then um, after that, we have to talk about uh, Rift Tracks, mm-hmm. which came after that because after MST went off the air, three of the dudes from Mystery Science Theater went on to do Rift Tracks, and the thing I loved about Rift Tracks was that um, they did the um, like like current modern movies. Yep. Like I like watching the old cheesy old movies too, but them doing like, they're doing like the Avengers and they're doing, uh, you know, like star all the Wars. Yeah. They did Lord of the Rings and, <clears> Harry star Potter. Wars movies. and it's just like, it was so surreal to sit down and walk, watch riff tracks and be like, wow, we're watching like a mystery science theater, like an actual mystery science theater riff of the star Wars holiday special. Yes. How cool <laughs> is that, man? They're like the mystery science theater dudes are riffing the, the holiday special. That's, that's just awesome. And they just, because it's like, like I said, it's unwatchable. And like Mark, we were talking earlier, and you said I gave you a copy of the holiday special. And I yeah. can't imagine that that does not have Rift Tracks commentary. I don't remember owning a copy of the holiday special without Rift Tracks. I, it's, <laughs> I could not watch it. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, I actually will, and, and literally, I, I can't watch it now, but I was, because uh, it's, it's a VCD, and I just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, to, really, oh, to, re, to really date the whole conversation oh, here. God. But yeah, but uh, yeah. A VCD. What, tell, let's tell them what a VCD is, Daniel. You're the technical guy that uh, would definitely think of a lower res version of a DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was 352 by 240 was the resolution. Oh, God. Compared, uh, 720 by 480 for a DVD. Danny, maybe you can tell the audience what a DVD is. For <laughs> 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 it's a digital versatile disc. <laughs> we are getting to that age almost. It's just funny. Well, so. okay. Now, here's something. Speaking of old formats, this is something that we were talking about earlier in the day before we started this. Uh, Mark and I were talking about how this weird resurgence happening like the vinyl thing that we were talking about. So like, you know, vinyl came back and Mm -hmm. everybody's like buying all these vinyl records, including me. And now Mark is telling me that there's this, this, uh, Go, you go on with it. Yeah, so so I, I was just reading through some you know some through some news articles last week and stumbled across this article. I don't know if it's Ars Technica or it was it was one of the you know more popular mainstream tech blogs and and they were going on about how the, you know this you know we went through this resurgence like Ray mentioned of uh, of vinyl and, and and audio files kind of you know wanting to listen to you know classic music and whatnot as as it was meant to be listened right and so now the millennials you know are getting into um, this mode of rewatching television shows and, and movies from the 80s and 90s and wanting to watch it in its original state as it was intended to be watched. So there's this resurgence of... Watching like black and white tubes? No, no just what's well, analog formats, right? So, if, you know, VHSs, uh, I'm sorry, v, you know, VCRs are making a comeback and, and, uh, and CRT TVs are making a comeback. So much so that Best Buy is actually going to be selling limited quantities of refurbished CRT TVs and and uh, I believe the Korean manufacturer is actually going to be remanufacturing CRT mm-hmm. TVs because apparently there's there's a demand so we've uh, we've reached the end of the digital age and folks don't want high definition they you know want to uh, you know where their uh, where their uh, Salvation Army uh, uh, you know uh, goodwill clothing and kick back popping a copy of uh, friends on their VCR and uh, sit back and watch it on a, you know, 
19-inch RCA TV. So. There you go. Maybe my uh, collection of uh, VHS Doctor Who's that I recorded off of uh, Channel 11 will be worth something now. So, yeah. yeah, yeah the, 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 I mean, the <laughs> girls are going to be beating down the doors now oh, to, I'm to, sure. to, to get, uh, get their hands on the, the VHS tapes that you have. But, yeah, so apparently that's the thing. So Oh, you know. Mike, you have all these VHS tapes. And, you know, I'm bigger on the inside, too. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, I was going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> this one's a two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this whole thing and it's like it's funny because we're talking about mystery science theater and like the mystery science theater is like one of those cult shows that like i could see somebody wanting to watch in that way you know like oh let's get all the old uh, vhs because like even at the end of the old episodes there would be that little tagline that keeps circulating keep, cir- keep circulating the tapes which i like how they uh oh, but they put that little homage in the uh in the new show yeah, the new show yeah, keep yeah. circulating the url but back then it was keep circulating the tapes and it was true because yeah. back then it was like the uh you know the old days the pioneer days everybody like that get, was a, get the was, word out of the show that you was know? before the internet wasn't it yeah so yeah. Like, that's all you had was like a tagline at the end of your tv show make bootleg copies of this show advertising in the show to please make bootleg copies and and show them to your friends so people like which is funny because back in the day because i remember there was that huge fight back in the day that that companies didn't want vhs yeah out there because oh my god you know they're recording the shows how dare you so yeah Yeah. that's when spielberg i think it's when spielberg was were you the one that backed um betamax because of that or something like that who did what am i thinking about spielberg or was he backing what was the one that was against DVD? Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember back that far. I remember Blu-ray versus HD DVD. Yeah, I remember that Blu-ray versus HD but DVD. I, but there but was there was, was a competitor the against DVD. How did that work out with your HD DVD player? By the way, it's right there. Oh. I still use it to play the six HD DVDs I have. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like my laser display. Let player. me tell you something though. This is an old story in in the United States, isn't it now? I mean, when you whenever you give the United States a chance to choose a format. The United States will look at the two formats and say, which one's shittier? That's the one I want. We have PAL and NTSC. Mm-hmm. We have Betamax and VHS. Mm-hmm. You know, we have HD DVD and Blu-ray. It's all, uh, we have Fahrenheit and Celsius. Yep. We'll always choose the one that is the shittiest and doesn't make sense. Metric. Exactly. Yeah. So it, no matter what format it is. So when HD DVD and Blu-ray came out, I bet on Blu-ray. And I'm like, you know why? Because it's not as good as the HD DVD, but that's the one they're going to pick. And sure enough, they did. Well, you know, vi- video-wise, you know, of course, what the most primary influence is over what, what chooses the formats, right? Porn. And you've got it. <laughs> good porn. answer. It's the porn industry or, back to VHS. Or so they say. Well, yeah. The porn industry <laughs> back to VHS and the porn industry also back to DVD, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. So that's why the I don't see that nuts. being a thing, though, with like HD, DVD, and Blu-ray, because by that time, the internet was around. Yeah. That industry doesn't make money. Actually, with HD, DVD, you know, with uh, HD, DVD, and Blu-ray, there was actually, wasn't it Disney that jumped on that made the final mm, nail in the coffin? That could, that could be, yeah. I remember there was actually one that was like, it was Disney or somebody said, we're each going company to, was Viacom, jump- I think it was the yeah. one. Each who company said, we're was jumping on a different bandwagon. And, I thought yeah. they just finally threw Sony a bone and said, all right, we've thrown away all of your other ideas. We're finally going to give you one. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> and it was still awful. <laughs> well, I mean, it, uh, okay, so people would look at, like, with Blu-ray, they look at, oh, it's higher capacity. So that's it's better. That's ultimately what I think it was. People were just, oh, it's higher capacity. But, like, you know, we were talking about how, like, the Blu-ray menus were all XML-based and, like, real easy to edit and code and everything. And then Blu-ray was going to use Java. Yeah, great. You know. So the first Blu-ray players running Java were awful, yeah. slow, needed constant updates. I remember the very first 
Blu-ray or HD DVD, whatever I played and putting the disc in and just waiting for like literally five minutes for the thing to like install an update or do, I don't know what it was. I'm like, is this normal? And I remember having to, I'm like sitting here, the very first disc I ever put in my player, it was in my PS3 and it was Iron Man. I put Iron Man in my PS3 and I'm waiting five minutes while I'm on Google. Like, is this normal? And like, everybody's like, yeah, you you put it to disc in and you have to wait like 10 minutes. I've never had problems. So I'm like, wow, I'm only halfway through that. Same thing, Iron Man in my Panasonic Blu-ray player. All I saw was the Iron Man. The Iron Man just going around and like, is this normal? (laughs) Yeah, and then you Google it. Yeah, everybody's having the same problem. So yeah, like back, you know, early on it was... It was terrible, and then you fire up an HD DVD. And it's like XML menu just like appears, and you know, easy. But uh, yeah, that's not so much. I will say that uh, the uh, the MST episodes uh, from Netflix that I got, uh, I felt like it was sacrilege to watch them in high definition. <laughs> so I actually brought them into Handbrake and re-encoded the whole season into 480p. Nuts! Are you Why? serious? <laughs> it's MST. It has to be watched in standard def. That's that's just my feeling on the matter. So I re-encoded them all in 480p. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The horrible movies they're watching are all old you, and ancient. You just anyway. watched well, That's what I was going to say. But even the live stuff, I don't even think it was like, actually, I don't think it was that bad. Because I remember I, I watched it at home on my like nice TV and whatnot. Yeah. And it didn't seem super high def to me. Yeah. So well, you, Then you should take them and I'll put them from that and record it on your RC. VCR over there and play it on your... Uh, I should do that. Start VCR. circulating the tapes? Yeah, we could do that. We could, yeah, it re- just put them on the VCR and, and watch them that way, the way they were intended. But yeah, taking a step back to the tapes, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was just it. You know, in the days before the internet, that's that's how you're introduced to lots of things, right? Yeah, so, you know. bootleg bootleg yeah. videotape of something. I mean, Doctor Who is certainly... The, I was actually... The, I didn't want to say it, but you did. Yeah, but yeah, that was the same thing back in the day because uh, it was all in England. You had to get somebody who would get the... Uh, Copy of the new of the new season, re-recorded because it was in PAL. Yeah, yeah. because when, you couldn't just take a tape over here and uh, bring it over here. We had to wait months for that, and it was like, yeah, I was like, oh my god, somebody would like come in, like I got the latest version, got the latest episode with Sylvester McCoy. <gasps> okay, let's all get in the basement and watch. You know, <laughs> yeah. well, I, mean, I think for me, really, I mean, Mike, it's been a while since you and I hung out. I think you know, what really, come, what really hits home to me is my introduction to anime. I mean, between oh that and, that too, yeah, I between, forgot between Ray and you, right? I mean, you know. You guys wouldn't know the distribution the, anime yeah, back the, then. You know, dubbed Ranma and all that, you know, that, you know, lots of lots of stuff I got introduced to from, uh, from Project Echo. Yeah. That that magical night that and I, I don't know why, Mike, you weren't there. I, I don't know what happened that night. See, I think we did, I think we determined that I was on Night Crew, but I lent it to you. Okay. So you were on Night Crew, we weren't. So you're like, here's this tape, this will change your life, and this will introduce <laughs> you to anime. And then Danian, Mark, myself. And uh, Trickman Terry, all in Mark's basement. Yeah, had our lives all changed. Yeah, that night again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> again. <laughs> watching, uh, yeah, watching Project Echo. But there again, Doctor Who was certainly the pioneer. But then anime. Oh, know, anime was. I mean, in many ways, it was like many in fandom and back then was like sci-fi. Andom and fan, oh, was anime and sci-fi were like very much tandem. So if you ever go to a convention. It was always the same thing with trading tapes. I saw Dragon Ball Z uh, first time the same way with uh, tapes. We went with that. I was at a sci-fi convention, and I remember we went into uh, somebody's like apartment. Uh, was it somebody's rented room at a hotel? And we were watching like the start of um, uh, I want to say it was the Majin Buu saga. Yeah. 
because we were like, oh my God, you know, it just started. So it was like, it was a member of the first time I saw Vegeta punching the uh, measuring machine and flying off there. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it was like anime and sci-fi very much dovetailed very much like that with tapes. Doctor Who anime. The other thing I would see bootlegged all the time is a Star Wars holiday special. That's another (laughs) bootleg that you'd always see floating around somewhere. And then Godzilla. Would you agree with that? I mean, I that was definitely see, niche. I would but always yeah. see bootleg Godzilla, especially when they when they had made the resurgence in the nineties. Yeah. yeah, my old man would like take me to drag me around to flea markets with him, and there would always be like somebody selling bootleg VHS tapes, and there'd be like Godzilla, there'd be anime before I even knew what it was, and, mm. you know, then then Doctor Who and things like that. You just see the, all these things floating around in there. But then, you know, MST is another one. I mean, it was just like kind of this underground. Yeah, I was thing. catching that. I would say the tail end of that. Yeah. So. So it was definitely, like, uh, a thing. And this is, I mean, th- by the time it was on, the internet was around at least halfway through the show. But in the early days... So, I mean, I'm trying to remember, like, so, I mean, I would say, you know, once once MST made the transition to, you know, to Comedy Central, I mean, what, what time did, did it always normally air late at night? Or was there an earlier showing and then they would play it late at night? I mean, I always recall... I watching remember it at night. Yeah, yeah. I always oh, remember I mean, it always late. was... I mean, it was way late at night that we used to watch, watch all that in the, in the early 90s. So. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I always remember watching it late at night. I never yeah. remember it early. I, the only, I the only other exception to that. to that is whenever uh, Comedy Central, back then, uh, obviously, so you say Comedy Channel, did the Turkey Day Marathon. Yeah, they would always do a Turkey Day Marathon, and then it's on just all day. Yep. You, you, how many episodes would you get? I couldn't figure it was 24 hours of it. Was it, was it? Was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I don't remember. It was all day. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, just is they still it all? do that. You know that? Do they? Not on Comedy Central, but on YouTube now. <laughs> so if you on, tur- on every Turkey Day, you can oh still, wait, that's right, they did that last year. Tune in. You can I still actually tune did watch in, that. But on YouTube, they did like a top ten or something like they that. They stream it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they'll stream it for twenty four hours, and you can just still tune into a Turkey Day marathon on uh, on YouTube. It's it's pretty cool. But uh, I, as always, completely derailed off track. I was talking about uh, riff tracks. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, yeah, but yeah, and then we start talking, you know, we got back. But yeah, I mean, we're still talking about Mystery Science Theater in general. But uh, yeah, the, um, well, speaking of Rift Tracks, I mean, Rift Tracks is the the later crew, the sci-fi crew. Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, Kevin Murphy. Well, they can, they definitely carried over. They carried over straight up from the Comedy Central one. Well, not Bill Corbett. Bill Corbett came in in Sci-Fi Channel. He took over for Trace Bellew. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So Trace Bellew was Dr. Forrester and Crow. Mm-hmm. And then when he left, they got a new villain, and then um, Bill Corbett took over for Crow. Oh, and okay. And he was also simultaneously a brain guy. Yes. One of the one of the villains. So, um, so Mike Nelson and uh, Kevin Murphy are definitely carryovers from yes. the old. But uh, yeah, Bill Corbett came in the uh, in the sci-fi era, and then they carried over to uh, Rift Tracks. But uh, speaking of, you know, Mike kind of versus Joel. Um, one of the things that Mark brought to me last time, he's like, you know, I was listening to your podcast, and uh, he said, I heard you say that uh, you prefer Mike over Joel. I think we're going to have some words <laughs> about that. So, obviously, Mark's a Joel guy. Do you have a preference of who you guys like? Or At the beginning, I hated I, I hated Mike when he showed up. I, for me, it was a complete surprise. Yeah. But then Mike really grew on me, yeah. so... I actually have to say right now, at this point, I like them both, but I would actually have to go with Mike now, just because yeah. he's a little more livelier. So. Yeah. 
Not yeah, that there's anything bad about Joel. Joel was a, yeah, that's how I am too. Like I have nothing against Joel. It's just like Mike's the fruit. When I started watching, by the time I started watching, mm-hmm. Mike was already there. So that's my yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing, and that's one that's something that's kind of afforded to us, you know, with you know mm-hmm. things like the internet and tools, where you know information is always as readily available, right? You know, when we were watching the earlier episodes of Mystery Science, you know, it was it was Joel, yeah, and then. All of a sudden, it, it wasn't Joel anymore. Right. So, so yeah. Joel was gone, and yeah. TV Frank and was gone. You had yeah. no way of knowing what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. But no, I mean, you know, I, well, I, what's really I, I, I enjoy Mike as well too. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I would have to just say, you know, just, at the beginning, just, I hated him. Yeah, yeah. because I was so he used was to the Joel. new guy. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a Joel fan, this new guy comes in, you know, and then you're like, fuck this guy. You know, yeah. I yeah. I mean, you draw a lot of parallels with you know, like what you guys said, you know, during the Doctor Who podcast, right? You know, you always, you always have this kind of like apprehension of like you get the comfort level with the guy that you're comfortable with and then all of a sudden it's like okay well who is this guy that is now turning my world upside down right. exactly Daniel. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. back when i first started watching the show with joel i wasn't really invested into it but like you said once i started getting comfortable and watching the show on my own mike was there and he was so mike's your guy yeah, it was mike okay and now watching older episodes with joel it just feels weird to me right <laughs> so that's that's see yeah. i'm with you on that that's that's kind of my viewing was like yeah, i've seen a, so much of mike at this point yeah i have to agree seeing joel again is a little it's, it's sometimes a little weird yeah but joel is like that he's like uh, like you said you know more lively joel is like more kind of laid back and you mm-hmm. know it's just they, they 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 have their own styles for yep. sure there, i mean you could go on the internet and see there's a whole yeah. debate that rages on forever like a wildfire of you know mike versus joel and now it's mike versus joel versus jonah you know yeah. so it's like mm-hmm. you know um speaking of well i mean having having my first exposure to to, to jonah tonight watching you know the, the first episode i mean i i enjoyed it yeah so, yeah i, I like yeah, jonah i, think it, I, I think like jonah fine job. He yeah. seems very musical. There was a lot of singing in the first episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was just interesting to actually see him on screen, right? So, you know, I know of Jonah because I listen to, like we talked about earlier, right? I listen to Chris Hardwick's, you know, The Nerdist Podcast. Right. So mm-hmm. Jonah actually, you know, co- you know, co-stars with him on that. So, you know, familiar with the voice and his personalities. We don't talk you know. about other podcasts on this podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. well, there are no others. This is the only one. <laughs> the old, this is the, the only one you should be well, listening to. Well, I didn't to. say it was the greatest podcast, you know, <laughs> which clearly is uh, Rad's podcast. But uh, Well, that's my old tagline from Gaming AM. So okay. clearly you've got this all messed up now. Yeah, well, just start the show over again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually sign that NDA, though. So I think oh, I all right. Well, that's, okay. yeah, that's. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, but uh, the first, uh, what did you think of the Netflix, the new, the revival, the first? Did you have? Uh... Uh, well, I saw it by myself, and I thought it was actually pretty good. Yeah. And but I thought there, there was there was parts that was like a little bit slow. It was, the writing didn't seem as clever as some of the original ones mm-hmm. were. Mm-hmm. They were very, they were very clever, very almost technical in some of the ways. So yeah. I was kind of looking for that. I was a little happy that they brought back some of the old stuff, like you know the invention exchange and things. Yeah, it's very. The show is very Joel centric. It has a lot of the sensibilities of when Joel. Although I absolutely show. detest Gypsy's voice. Oh, the new Gypsy voice. The new Gypsy's voice. I mean, while I can understand why they change it, I don't like it. Just yeah, she just seems like a normal person, a normal voice now. So oh, it was yeah. I mean, before it was like that comic. <laughs> talks like this all the time. I mean, say what you will. I mean, as, as weird as that is, it actually is. Um, you know, it it it, it makes a impression. She's a character. Right. Then. Yeah. You know, now she just talks like a regular every other day person. It's like yeah. boring. Yeah. 
But I thought the new robot voices are good. I mean, those guys, yes. they... Crow was very good. Yeah. Crow sounds a lot like old Crow. They seem yeah. to be yeah. trying yeah, to approximate... Yeah. yeah. They seem to be trying to, like, approximate the old voices, and they did a pretty good job. I thought the jokes were very clever. Then they were fast, and they were. Yeah, it's just like it, yeah. it reminds me a lot of Joel era mystery science. Mm-hmm. It really does. It's yeah, a lot, a lot of. Now you felt like there wasn't a lot of technical, like the like sciencey it's, jokes. I, I, sciencey jokes. Yeah, I guess it was a little bit more. I don't know. I was trying to kind of trying to find the right words. They were definitely a little bit more nerdish in the way that they were describing some things. So. And here, you know, in this one, they were just, I don't know, they were kind of very See, simple. I think that... See, I kind of like that more, like, dry kind of matter-of-fact type of mm-hmm. humor, right? Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, so that kind of resonated with me a, a little bit more on that. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so it's like, I kind of think it struck a balance, okay? So it's like, you got the old Joel era with the very sciencey, geeky humor, and then the Mike era, and going beyond that to Rift Tracks even kind of gets away from that. This is... Mm, not quite. I, I feel like it does. Rift Tracks, it does, yes. Yeah. Rift Tracks, it definitely did. But like I, I was think, in the sci-fi I, era, I think a big part of that is uh, them losing uh, Trace Beaulieu and Frank Conniff. I think they wrote a lot of that, mm, that okay. sciencey, geeky humor. And then when they left, you know, they kind of lost that bit of it. Um, and I think this strikes a balance between the two. I think this is like right in the middle. Well, I'll tell you the one thing. I actually had a lot more fun watching it with you guys than actually <laughs> uh, watching it by myself. I will actually admit that. So yeah. kind of reminds me of uh, Kung Pao Under the Fist. I can't watch that by myself. It's a terrible movie, but with <laughs> friends and alcohol, it's the best movie ever made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could see needing alcohol to uh, to like that movie. I was introduced to that movie recently, believe it or not, by Terry Minnick. He's like, <laughs> yes, this, actually, he's like, that movie's great. You need to watch it. I'm just like, all right. And like you said, I watched it by myself, and I was like, this is kind of dog shit. But then, you know, you watch it with people. But but uh, but I would but I would almost you know argue and say that something like Mystery Science. It needs to be watched with, with a group, with your friends, right? Yeah. Or it's just, you know, you, you're sitting down, you're just enjoying kind of, you know, some, you know, something entertaining, something funny, and you're doing it with your friends and laughing and, you know, and enjoying it. It has to be done that way. Yeah. In my, in, I mean, in my opinion. Right? Mystery Science Theater is not the kind of show, it's not like The Walking Dead or something where you can be like, oh, man, did you see on The Walking Dead? You can discuss <laughs> yeah, it. You can't do it's that. It's not exactly the water cooler. You can't do that with no, Mystery Science no. Theater. You have to be in the room with the people to yeah. really, you know, to be able to do that. It's not like, it's not a show that you can like, oh, you remember in that one, you can't do that. You can't say about that one part. Mm-hmm. Which one part? There was like a thousand jokes, you know, you yep. can't, you can't. You know, you can like recite a joke. And I would say that about Mystery Science Theater as a just a general rule. It's one of the most quotable shows I've ever watched. I mean, there's oh, I think we stuck some into the magazine. I think there were some in there. I think remember what the, well, I think one of the ones was like, uh, was it I like cheese or something like that? <laughs> and we just had like characters, little word bubbles. I like cheese or something like that. I eat potatoes or something like that. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, we still to this day walk around saying Rouse Tower and you know yep. all of these quotes that that came from from episodes past. And it's oh god, it's just it's so dang quotable. Um, but this uh, this most we, we I actually want to see a modern. I actually thought about that when I saw it recently with MST3K, uh, the Rousedower episode. Yeah. I actually want them to make a new Rousedower. And starring that guy from uh, Walking Dead, the guy who's, um, I don't know if you've seen him, he's, he looks just like him. He's got he's red hair. He's yes. the really buff military yes. guy with yeah. the goatee. Yes. I want him as Rousedower and have it set in the 1980s. <laughs> well, he was. Yeah, true. Was spoiler alert. <laughs> oh my god! If you haven't heard by now, he gets his head caved in, got naganed. But anyways, I, 
I don't, we'll save Walking Dead for another. But did you see the? You, have you seen the memes that are going around? Obviously with ne- with Negan and all the United Airlines. Oh there. God, I love that. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Just just that picture. It just it didn't even. As usual, I'm like I absolve myself of any social media, so I don't get to see a lot of that. Right. But, but Allison actually shared some of that that was circulating around on Facebook, and yeah, it was priceless. Yeah, I just there was just that picture of like Negan. Just it didn't even need a caption. One of the few memes that didn't even need a caption. Just him walking down the aisles of yeah. American United Airlines. <laughs> With, you know, with his bat, just, like, looking around, smiling. Perfect. <laughs> well, you saw who was sitting in the seat, though, right? No, I didn't. <laughs> Did somebody, they so, there was, so there was the joke with Negan, you know, like you said. Going, with Lucille there? Yeah, yeah. With Lucille going down, going down the... Uh, Going down, going down the aisle. Was there, like, a, was it him and, um, what's his face? And what, um... Glenn. Glenn, thank you. Yeah, Glenn was the one sitting in the seat. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I you know I I don't watch the show, but I, you know I'm aware of everything that's going on. And really, if you do watch the show and you haven't seen these episodes by now, then it, it's just too bad for you. Yep. Listen. I mean, the whole season has gone. Yeah, the whole season's so, gone. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. the whole season's come and gone. Clearly, yeah. deserve to be spoiled at yeah. this point. Yeah, so. yeah. Should have watched it by now. Too bad. Sorry. But uh, going back to uh, <laughs> well, we, we got as far as riff tracks. But uh, do you have a uh, a preference on uh, villains? I'm of course the uh, Doctor Forrester, TV's Frank. Fan. Ooh, that's a hard thing to say because uh, they, I definitely always said there would be a soft spot for uh, Forrester and Frank. Um, I hated the mother Pearl when yeah. she first appeared on Sci-Fi. I actually really loved the dynamic of all three of them. But that's the trick. She was no good by herself, but then when you add Bobo and Brain Guy, yeah, it becomes that that whole trio just somehow worked really well. Yeah, it became really really funny. I liked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like those characters, but yeah, Forrester and Frank. Just like it, I just like the dynamic between the two. For, uh, Forrester continually trying to murder him in some way or another. And I remember, yes. yeah. I remember one of the things I told. I and I don't know if you remember this, but one of the things I told you, Mike, when I first started working at Sendai, I said you remind me of TV's Frank. <laughs> uh, thank you. I think. <laughs> Mind blown. That's, that, that, that's just what. Yeah. When I first. Well, as soon as you said that, I'm not, my mind instantly went to the picture of uh, Frank and what he does that weird zip line thing in his underwear. Goes owie 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 owie. You know, clutching his butt cheeks. <laughs> no. So thank you. Yes, I no, feel very that, elated now. That, that that was. This is going back to you know 20 years ago. I I said you remind me of Frank. I, I, I don't know. Why. But but I was glad you knew who that was. So, yes. You know, like, yeah. It was. Or that would have been awkward. Like who's TV's Frank? It would have been more awkward. Mm-hmm. It would have been more awkward. More awkward than now? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't know who TV's Frank is now, then I'd just like, get off the podcast. Something wrong with you. Lost yeah. your mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do you have favorite uh, episodes of the series oh, that, yeah. you could, uh, that you could talk about? No, I can't talk about. They're very special. You can't talk about it? No, well, <laughs> you don't have to. It's okay. No, no, no. no. There's, of course, they had like, uh, good ones there. Uh, well, of course, me partial, uh, being Kaiju fan, the Gamera and Godzilla ones. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, you know, I'm, that's going to be straight up there. Although I was a little tit because um, they edited them to, in some of them cases, like in one particular MSC3 game, I was actually pissed at them. It was uh, Gamera versus, it was called War of the Monsters, Gamera versus Baragon. Mm. And they played it, the episode, or they played the movie, and Gamera shows up at the beginning of the movie, and then he shows up at the end, and they actually complain about that, that, like, Gamera's not seen throughout the movie. And I got mad about that, because they literally, for commercial purposes, they cut out the entire middle section where Gamera first fights Baragon. Wow. Okay. That whole scene is not in there. All right. 
Yeah, there's a whole bunch of like I've seen a couple, not too many of them. Well, they just took a big boom, chunk right out of it. I've seen a couple of the mystery science theater movies like outside of the show, you know, and it's just like really weird to see those extra scenes because like, mm-hmm. I've watched them like over. Yeah, I watched over. Santa Claus recently, yeah. and it was like, uh, do you remember the one, the Mexican one? How did you watch Santa Claus? Netflix had it on oh my God. the unedited version. Oh my god. <laughs> And I went through that, and there was all these scenes, like crazy stuff, like where Merlin actually shows up early. And there's almost like this 007 scene where he's like give, to, giving Santa all the all the gear. That's messed up. <laughs> I know. So the, the dolls, oh, my God. Uh, when she was having the dream sequence, mm-hmm. Lupita, you know what we're talking about? Yes. Uh, there's this whole dance sequence with these dolls on, with like two faces on either side, like dancing and just doing this whole um Musical number. It's amazing how much of this these movies get lost just to, you know, fit them in the, the two hours. And the new one's no different, even though they could make the show as long well, as Well, I, I was curious. Are they editing the new ones yeah. on Netflix? Yeah. yeah. Okay. They said. Because I know they're putting the spaces in, but did they really need to yeah, edit them they're down? like, even though we don't need to, that, it's, that was a whole, that was Joel. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want commercial bumpers. But, I mean, they could put the commercial bumpers in, but are they are they actually still taking the time out yeah. of the movie? he's like, I want it to be still. Because I'm just wondering if they, like, left it in there, but they just still put the commercial bumpers in. No, same, he's like, same amount of time it was on Sci-Fi mm-hmm. and, and, okay. and Comedy Central. He's like, still, I want it to be an hour and a half. I want it to feel like the old show. So well, that's, that's just it, right? I mean, just to keep, like, the kind of the, the continuity from the you know, the old shows to mm-hmm. the new show, I think that you kind of yeah. you want to keep that format. And I guess I shouldn't that's something, that. That's something that's comfortable and kind of like would you know. Well, I mentioned that on the and that's true. I mentioned that on the Doctor Who <clears throat> podcast, Big Finish. That's kind of what they did. They uh, made it even though they had so all this. You're going to bring Big Finish into this as well, then. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> are you used to getting, getting endorsed on? Yeah, was, you know, at this point, you know, did you not see my T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was a thing. Wait, we, you're, it's not, it's hey, man, it's all right if you're on Sorry. the payroll. <laughs> it's cool. Well, made to be. It just kind of happens. It's, that uh, way. No, it's it's you know, it's a. Uh, so it's kind of like a Walter that, that Soap was, check sort of you, thing. <laughs> that was what I said. That was for you, Coops. <laughs> yeah, well, Coops not here to rip on you, so I guess somebody has to fill in the uh, absolutely fill in the void. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, Joel actually, uh, I, I remember reading in the Kickstarter stuff that Joel was actually like, he's like, I'm in the minority. Everybody else wants to like make it like, you know, big budget and big this and big, do all these hmm. things to it. He's like, no, I want like practical, cheesy effects and I want mm-hmm. it to be the same length as it was before and I want it to be everything. So, you know, I took all of that a step further and I re-encoded it to 480p. So that you know, it's really yep. like the old show for me. So I'm just, I'm just following what Joel did, man. <laughs> there you go. So no, I actually like the fact that Joel kept it that cheesy, and I think it complements what they do so well because those yeah. shows are so. The movies that they use are like you know way beyond you know but it's analog. The, it's the content so. and the comments, anyways, that are the show, right? Yeah. The, you know, I don't think anything else necessarily needs to be modernized or improved, right? I mean, I think I think you're expecting to get that ex- to get that experience, right? Mm-hmm. With MST3. I mean, yeah, I don't want to so, see I don't want to see a CG crow and right. Tom Servo, <laughs> right. you know. Well, just even the tunnel sequence going into the movie, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. how that looked. I, I it, it when I came watching this, I didn't even feel or expect to see anything modernized, right? When I saw that, I felt like I was still watching the show from way back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every, all miniatures. Just a continuation. Yeah, it was min- a great 
It was a great, yeah, great continuation. All, all miniatures and practical effects, and yeah, that's that's how it should be. They made like and, and and again, just to be able to do that with all of us in the room as well too. I think that just made it even that much better. So yeah. it was like yeah, it was a lot of fun. Turn the clock back. Yeah, because I remember us, you know, when we <clears throat> went to um, when we went to see um, the Mystery Science Theater, the movie in that theater. I mean, that was just one of those things where it's like this is special. You know, mm-hmm. this is fun. This is a thing, and we just sat there and. Uh, you know, we still quote that one joke, Daniel, where uh, they take all the it's, it's this island Earth is the movie, yep. and they take out the uh, all the part. They have to that alien sends them the diagram to build that interocitor so they can communicate with them, and they've got all the parts laying out all over the floor, and they're like, but but before unpacking, don't. <laughs> <laughs> So then they've, uh, you know, they've got all the parts laying out, and they, and so they're they go from being laid out all over the floor and taken out of their boxes to kind of arranged in rows. Like, okay, now we're going to start assembling it. Yeah. They're like, we're there, it's done. What do you think? <laughs> that was the other quotable that we did at EGM with uh, there. When there was always something like weird kid or something like that. Bitch, you're like there. But I was shouting those. I like gum. <laughs> which, that was a, that was God, a quote from MST3K. Which, do you know what you which episode that would be from? Fans of MST3K no. are listening and going, you didn't. It was just a scene where somebody was just staring like into the screen, just with this goofy face. And just one of them goes, I like gum. <laughs> and we just died laughing with that. So anytime there was like some stupid ad or something yeah. like that with a, some kid staring. I always thought that was just you. I didn't know that came from this true No, story. that was MST. Oh. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, so, <laughs> it's so quotable. You don't even know it's like you're quoting it half the time. It's just like, oh, yeah, it's MST. I should yeah, I have sh- I, I guessed. But uh, yeah, overall, I thought. It, the new show, I was really impressed with it. You know, I, I watched the first episode twice now. I watched, I think I got about as far as you did, Mike, because you mentioned you watched like half of the second episode. Mm-hmm. I think I'm in the same boat. Like, we started watching it and then it was bedtime. We were going yep, to yep. sleep. And, you know, so, yeah. But so far, it's like it's got everything it needs to have. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, go smell and sound good smell. I'm going to say on that. That's the other thing I would say if I was going to complain about anything else. Uh, so after seeing the second episode, the title sequence being the same as the first one. Oh. That they're repeating, they're just repeating that uh, with him in the ship. Yeah. I didn't like that. So. Oh, okay. But I can get it. Understand yeah, why. Yeah, I mean, if I had to complain about it's anything. It's a nitpick. That's not like, oh my God, it's a showbreaker or anything I, like that. Yeah, if I had to complain about anything, it's just like some of their jokes were like a little like. One person would set up a joke, and then the other one would like kick into it too quick. Like it felt there should. I did like, notice that yeah. a couple times. Yes, like, but that's just like it's the first episode. It's the first mm-hmm. episode. It's a nitpick by me. It's the first episode. It'll smooth itself out. You know, I don't think that's anything where it's like this. Fuck, this sucks. Yeah, you know, it's not. It's, yeah, I mean, so, but sometimes, sometimes the movies also can play into that as well too. If, like the pacing on the dialogue of the movie, you have this sometimes much time to, to fit yeah. In sometimes the joke. you have a very short window sometimes of actually getting that in there too. So right. But uh, like a scene, a a scene will start, you know, and then they'll be making the joke like before, like a split second before the scene even starts. It's like, well, just wait, you know, but like you said, sometimes you don't, you know, you have a short window of time. Um, There were, uh, you said there was a kaiju movie mixed in there in the upcoming. In the the upcoming is Yangari. Yeah. (laughs) What is that? That's not. I've actually never even seen it. Okay, so. I was gonna say that's Look not that. that's not in the Godzilla universe. Though. No, yeah. but it's it's recognized by that that kind of niche in there of the, of the was, kaiju fans. So it was a South, South Korea. Korea? Oh it was a South Korean one around that time when Godzilla came out. Everybody tried to make their own, you know, version. I think uh, England made Gargo, and De- you know Denmark made uh, Reptilicus and stuff like that. <laughs> that gem of a movie, uh, which I was funny. I was I was saying to you, I saw it on Sven 
uh, when I was a kid. And yeah, I remember I was, loving it. I was, yeah, when you because huh. you mentioned that before the podcast, you're like, I saw Reptilicus. Yeah, when well, you showed me the commercial for MST, and I'm like, oh my god, it's they're doing Reptilicus. Like, oh my god, really? <laughs> wow, that's like because seeing a Mystery Science Theater movie outside of Mystery Science Theater is like a rarity. I just yeah. Yeah. there's a bunch of them that they did. Um, was uh, the Eye Creatures? Yeah, that was one I saw in Sven Gulli. A whole bunch of different ones. Um. I obviously I have to like run it's down the list. That you can remember that because I mean I was I, I religiously watched Sven Gulli when I was a kid and I outside of you know, we touched on the the failed 3D movie attempt that they had for the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, the creature we, returns actually. Yeah, we made a joke about that about getting 3D glasses off your uh, Slurpee at 7-Eleven. Yep. <laughs> sitting down and tuning in your TV for 45 minutes and like it was just. I, I it was terrible, but, <laughs> but yeah I was but I was but yeah I was a big Swing Willie fan when I was a kid too. But I just I have a hard time recalling a lot of the a lot of the movies from from back then. Too traumatized. It's amazing he's still doing that. Yeah, he's doing it, and he's doing it. He has apparently a very good job. So. Like so, people listening to this might not know, right? Because he's like Chicago, he's a he's a Chicago he's thing. A Chicago yeah. thing. Yeah. So he's like he's got to be the last guy on earth. Doing what he's doing, right? I mean, I like. Yeah, I think Elvira's retired. Yeah, so there's like really, really not another guy out there, and it's just this guy, sort of like in monsterish makeup. Yeah, he's kind of like an undead. Well, it was originally based on Sven. He was called Son of Sven Guli because there was a guy before him. I I want to say I don't know if it's actually his father. His father? It might have been his father. But it was, uh, yeah, it was like uh, there was it's Rich Crows and Gary Crows. I forget which one it is. But he did Sven Gulli. Okay. That was the first one where he was, it was just, it's a show where he would show cheesy monster movies, yep. you know, cheesy horror movies that were done on there late at night. And he was more of like, it's, he was supposed to be undead, but he was almost, almost like a, like an undead hippie almost. Right, right. The original Sven Gulli. But then, uh, I think it was uh, Rich Coast, I think he's the new one. He came in and he did Son of Sven Gulli. Right. And yeah, yeah, he's kind of, kind of he's kind of supposed to be like undead, but he's very cheesy with makeup and stuff like that, and rubber chickens. It just became this kind of a Chicago I underground I tradition. It was more like an like an undead kind of like Dracula or something. Like yeah, that. because I mean he, he came out of a coffin yeah. at the yeah. beginning yeah. of the show and everything. Yeah, yeah but uh, he, but, but he, he always talked in a normal voice and everything like this with a little Chicago accent. Yeah. So yeah. Berwin, yep. Berwin, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Everybody who knows it talks about that. I remember there was some picture I saw. It was um something with the Blackhawks or something like that, where they said, or it was like only Chicago would appreciate. And there was a picture of um uh, the trophy behind and behind them. It was like uh, looking out of an apartment window, and beyond, and, and uh, looking out of the apartment window was the back of Sven Gulli and Bozo the Clown. <laughs> nice, <laughs> but but it's funny. I mean, again, you touched on this a little bit with the with the, the Doctor Who episode, but that was just it. I mean. You know, TV, you know, back in the day. Which, yeah. by the way, to you tie never, in. You never had a chance to pick with. So, you know, you, you were you were more than willing to give certain things a chance. Sven yeah. Gulli actually had Doctor Who on. Not not, not a show, but actually had uh, John Pertwee. Really? Yeah, and I never knew. It blew me away. I found this out a couple months ago. I was on YouTube, and some uh, my boss was showing me a long time ago uh, that John Pertwee actually showed up on the stage of, uh, I guess he was in town for like a, uh, John Pertwee, by the way, is the third Doctor. And yeah, he actually showed up in costume and was like, you know, talking with with Sven Gulli on one of his episodes. So, so but you didn't see this. Somebody not told like you about it. Oh, no, yeah. somebody told me and showed me it on YouTube later. I oh. literally, for decades, I did not even know. Yeah. Your kid had. It was like two worlds just collided Your kid for head me. would have exploded. It totally would have. <laughs> that would have been crazy. Yeah. Pertwee. What the hell is he doing on Sven Gulli? I don't, that's the thing. I think it was at a, like a convention or something. They probably said, hey, you want to go do something or something like that? You want to jump on this and have a talk about it? So, 
And it was great. It's hysterical because he walks out. He's like, oh, I am the... He actually walks out of Sven Gulli's coffin. And then it's funny. Like, one like someone of the props fell down oh, and, like, God. nearly hit him. And he's like, oh, watch it. And he's like, it was a pop by the master. <laughs> nice. God, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, because, like, Sven Gulli, it's like, he's sort of like mystery science theater in a way. I mean, he'll rip on the movie. Not, not, he didn't rip on not during, during the movie. Not during the movie. And later on, when MST3K... Uh, did came out. He did. A, he came back around that same time, and he did actually start. Uh, he did something based on MST, where he started adding sound effects into the movies. Okay, yeah, I do vaguely remember that. Yeah, where there'd be like little like sound. Yeah, I think he called it like Sven Surround or something oh, like that. Okay, yeah, but it was always the movie, and then he would come out, and he would actually like it would actually be legitimately interesting. Like he would give you like facts about the movie, or like this yeah. actor was in this other movie, yeah. and blah blah blah. Or he'd tell you about the making of the movie. He tells like really like. Mm-hmm. Like legitimately would, interesting stuff when he's like, like here's this like guy with rubber chicken throwing rubber chickens and all this weird stuff. But yeah. if you sit and watch, it's like really fascinating stuff. Like the dude knows like, you know, Careers he's a cinemaphile, yeah. you know, he like knows all this stuff and he like, whether he researched it or he knows it, it doesn't matter. He's, you know, he's telling you like interesting stuff. Like, oh, that's neat that, you know, just a neat fact about like this shitty movie that we're watching, you know, yep. it just it kept you interested despite how crappy it was in much like mystery science theater but mystery science theater inspired like a lot of stuff like that like i've seen like dvd commentaries mm-hmm. where they have like when you switch to the commentary track you get like the little silhouette seats and then the director and like whoever else comes and sits in comes the seats sits down, yeah, yeah in yeah. like a in like a dvd commentary for like whatever for like a movie mm-hmm. like that's you know where that came from yep yep maybe not everybody knows where i think it actually i remember I uh playstation did that a while ago uh, the like, first generation PlayStation. So it was a like Crystal Dynamics, I think, did that. They had a game. I forget which one. But then they did a re- an updated version. They actually had an option there where they would have, like, just three seats of the directors would come and would just rip on the uh, silhouettes of the director and just rip on the movie nice. or rip on the cinemas. So thank you for bringing a PlayStation mm-hmm. because it reminds me of a thing. Oh. Do you remember there was uh, that interactive magazine for PlayStation called PlayStation Underground. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was a disc that you put in the PlayStation and it was like a, a video magazine, basically. You know, you know who did that, right? Who? Uh, that was um, Sendai. Really? Oh, I don't know if we did the actual disc, but we but that we, we did the official PlayStation magazine I, that I it was packaged that, I with. knew that you'd get the, the magazine. I didn't know that PlayStation Underground was like, they're like the disc was actually... Yeah, we didn't make the disc though. Oh, somebody okay, sorry, but I was gonna say okay, it came with place. No, I knew that. that the, yeah, there was an affiliation with. Well, not, not, not Steve. By that time, it was, no, it was if at that time. That I think. At that time. I think maybe Steve started it. I. It's been a while. I have to do my research. Yeah. Well, what was the internet? Was it? What was the internet magazine that they did have? Well, Nuke, right? Nuke was that it? Yeah, Nuke was their. Online. That was their online. That was their first attempt at online. Okay. Was Nuke? All right. Anyway, in the PlayStation disc there was one you already must know about this because you're nodding your head uh there was one issue of the magazine where the mst guys actually ripped on a bunch of cutscenes from playstation games yes so they played like did not know that yeah they played like five or so cutscenes from various playstation games i actually remember quite a few of them so they were actually quite hysterical i remember those like one where santa falls down the tube and ends in crow and then i think it's like tom's like oh i can't santa can't feel his legs (laughs) (laughs) yeah i remember it being pretty damn funny because well there were some cutscenes, but then there were also playstation commercials on it they actually like they they played a few of the cutscenes from the games and then there was like they showed like two or three playstation actual you know TV commercials, and then they ripped on mm-hmm. the TV commercials too. So yeah, that was uh, 
that was pretty funny. But yeah, we'll have to bust that thing out after the podcast and watch it. I've still got it on the shelf. I think you gave it to me. Oh, was it a demo disc that was packed in? Yeah, something. Okay. It, it was something, but I, I want to say that you gave it to me, Danny, and I don't. Sure. Yeah, but, but you're welcome. So, well, it seems like you would know about it. If uh, you, I don't remember it all. Oh wow, geez, yeah. Have you met Ray? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> Who are you people? Yeah. Who, are you, who are you people and where's my horse? Where's my, that's another MST quote I actually love. It was from the uh, uh, the Deadly Mantis. There was a scene where uh, there was an elderly man. He was just he's kind of looking at, in the background. They're always making fun. He's like, I'm lost. Where am I? And there's another one where he like looks at him. He never says anything. He goes, who are you, young man? And where's my soup? <laughs> I always use that quote. I yeah, love it. The, where's my car? That was always one, too. Like, Which one? I forgot what specific uh, episode it was, but same same thing, right? Where they were going running off to running off to to get in a car and go somewhere, and it was always the old man, like, you know, where did I leave my car? Where's my car? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a I had a great one. This is this gonna get really geeky. Uh, when I was playing World of Warcraft, uh, we were on vent, and we were always talking like you know during the race stuff like that. There was actually a seat where everybody just started talking up and going like it's like it was like it's like somebody like I was like, hey Jan, Jan's like, what are you know fallen? You know, this is we're calling all different me- people's names. Meadows, this, that, you know, uh, they were calling, like, you know, John, this, all the different chief. names. And that's what I did. I, in the middle, of that, I go, chief. I go, no, I go, chief. And somebody without this me goes, McLeod. <laughs> Just died laughing. That is from, um, I'm going to think what episode that's from. It's pod, from a number pod, of them. Pod people. Well, yeah, that's true. That That's the one I first I became a running gag with them. Yeah, that's the first one I heard it in was pod people. Pod people is a good one because. You might remember this too, Daniel. The um, it had the song. Do you remember the song that they did? I don't know if you, if you okay. Which well, song? They did in, a number of them. In, in Pod People, there's a scene where the characters in the movie are recording a song, mm-hmm. and the dude is like the the one dude is like singing it, and then there's like three backup singers. These girls are all the characters in the movie, and they're in recording the song. And then after they're done recording, the dude in the booth is like, "So what did you think?" And he's like, "That's not it stinks." <laughs> Wait, is that that's not. Oh, that is pod people. Okay, yeah, that's right. But now when I'm he does that, that's actually in the movie. The yes. guy's like, he does the okay with does the, the okay and then it, it stinks. stinks. <laughs> and then uh, after, you know, after all of that, they do the host scene where mm-hmm. they're all in there. And it's Joel and the bots singing. Yep. They're singing the same song. And then they show Forrester and Frank are like in the booth. What did you think? And Joel's like, it stinks. <laughs> no, it was actually I thought it was Frank and uh, it was, I thought it was Frank and uh, the Dr. Forrester at the very end. They all did the well, they, at the okay end of the sign on that. Yeah. At the oh, end of the right. episode they did it. But in the context of them ripping on the song from the movie, it's Joel. You know, they're like, <laughs> Forrester's like, what did you think? And Joel's like, it stinks. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, it's so, it was, uh, yeah, and they're all dressed like the characters in the movie, like they reenacted like the whole thing with like mm-hmm. costumes and everything, it was, uh, it was, bright. you don't remember this? No. Oh, God, it was hysterical, man. But was the yeah. one with Big McLarge huge? And... No, that's, uh, That's the one with Trumpy. Yeah, Pot People is with that, uh, the creature. The thing looks, looks like, like Elf. elf. <gasps> oh, <now> I <laughs> And it's like, and the kid's got like, the kid has a number of animals. I love that room. scene, I know exactly what you're going to talk about. He's got all of animals in the room, and the Trumpy creature is like walking past, ooh, a little potato. <laughs> <laughs> this potato's got big ears. Oh, little winged potatoes. <laughs> and there's, it's like a whole buffet. <laughs> I just love that scene. And like, the whole time Crow is doing this voice for Trumpy that he's come up with, it's just like Mike and Servo just like looking at each other for like the entire time, just like, what the fuck's wrong with yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's just Crow like doing this voice on a tangent for like a minute straight, and then the two of them are just like, okay, just like <laughs> lost his mind. No, the one you're thinking of with Big, Big McLarge Huge, that's um, Space Mutiny. Okay, that's uh, the the hero, um, um, Captain. What the fuck? Uh, I can't remember the dude's name. Can't remember. David Ryder, Captain David Ryder. Okay, he's uh, played by Rep Brown. Who played um, Captain America in the, sh- the cheesy, shitty '70s Captain America movies, where he's on the motorcycle with the helmet? Oh God! <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So this uh, Captain America is played by this guy. Named I don't remember Brown, the MSTK. Was in this? Uh, yeah, Space Mutiny. It's a pretty. It's a pretty. I remember the name, and I remember I probably if I see. Look at any it, top ten list of MST. It's always in there. Mm-hmm. Space Mutiny is one of the uh, one of the big ones. It's the one where he's. They have those shitty little. They look like Zambonis. They're supposed to be like futuristic, <laughs> yes. like hover cars. Yeah. Oh wait a minute! Like, yeah, yeah. Isn't that the one they, they like reuse Battlestar Galactica yeah. scenes? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. All the shit. It's all Battlestar Galactica footage for all the spaceships and even the sound effects and everything uh there's a scene where um a character gets killed and then is shown again alive later on in the movie and they're just yep. like hey she died <laughs> yep i remember that <laughs> but uh, yeah it's got the brilliant scene where they're they're on these like these stupid plastic shitty zambonis and like the the, the villain of the movie and um the um and, and the hero, David Ryder, they're both of these two Zambonis. And they're just like, you know, they're shooting at each other. There's like shooting lasers back and forth. And finally, they're just going to make a run. They're just going to play chicken and make a run at each other. And the dude just like, the, the David Ryder guy's just like, ah! And then like slowly gets out of the <laughs> That's thing. right, I do remember, yes. <laughs> and then sort of like after he does it, ah! And he like slowly, like, oh, now that I got that shuffles out of my out. system, yep. he like shuffles out. <laughs> And the things are going like three miles an hour, you know, but they make it look like the dude's like, oh, it explodes. And it's just like, oh, God. Over dramatic. Yeah, kind of reminds me of a later uh, riff tracks they did where um, I remember there was uh, we lost, uh, I think it was Fast and the Furious 5 they did. They on, did on riff, riff tracks? Yeah, oh, riff God. tracks. Oh, my God. It was great. But there was this great scene where like the car was going and like Vin Diesel was like he jumped Vin Diesel like at full speed jumped from one car into the other. And like in the middle of this tunnel, and just I love Kevin Murphy's voice in there because like so just like Vin Diesel just jumps into it and he goes, and he just suddenly as he jumps, he goes, "Screw you, laws of physics!" <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that movie's loaded with. Oh, there's oh there's a scene in there where I forget one of the main villains. He's like he's he's driving, he's constantly looking at it. There's just one scene where he goes, "Ah!" Like that, he just does this thing. He's like he's like, and, and the MST3K crew, what they did was when he screamed at this just weird random moment, he goes, "Ah!" He's like, "Ah, oh, I got skipped by a scorpion." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically how random it is. They're they're riffs of the of the Transformers movies on riff tracks. I haven't seen any of them. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Oh wait, we I think we saw the first one. Yeah. Because I remember they made a joke about like I remember the scene in the level of Ninja Gaiden or something like that when he's like jumping up the wall or yeah, something. Those movies are are just fucking trash. They are <laughs> terrible, terrible movies. And I actually saw the first one in the theater because. Transformers, obviously. I'm. Gonna I had friends who were Transformers fans, so yeah. I went and saw that. And by the time I got out of the theater, I'm just like, I, I, I don't know what to feel right now. My I'm childhood just, was raped. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm like so like confused by this. It's like it. Oh, I, wasn't Megan Fox enough for you? No, I mean, you know, it, she's nice to look at, but it just wasn't enough to say. <laughs> no, that, that was my that was basically like their whole entire marketing play, right? Was like, yeah, the, the car's broken down, and here's Megan Fox. Here, come see our movie. Well, <laughs> well, my favorite, and you brought up Megan Fox, I was dying laughing because of riff tracks of, of uh, Transformers. They had the best line I ever remember. It was like, she, because they kept commenting about the fact that she always kept showing her teeth. Yeah. She never, she, whenever she smiled, she She'd always start, she would always just show her teeth. And there was just this great scene where, like, uh, Bill Corbett just makes this great line. She's like, 
Why doesn't she shut her mouth? What is she doing? Is she straining for krill? <laughs> oh, God, I lost it. <laughs> Bill Corbett, yeah, Bill Corbett is known for his, like, bursts of anger. It's so funny. Whenever he, like, tells a joke, it's always, like, he's just so fed up with, like, whatever's yep. going up on the screen. There's a scene in, uh, do you remember the, uh, there was that short that was, um, uh, Coily, the spring sprite. Yes. The guy's like, you know, the guy's like repairing a mattress. Okay. It's one of those old black and white shorts from the 50s, right? Yeah. And the guy's repairing a mattress. And he's like, I hope I never see another spring as long as I live. And then this like little cartoon creature shows up. He's like, I'm Coily, the spring sprite. So you never want to see springs again. Huh? And then he makes like all the springs in the world disappear. And he sees what how horrible the world is like without springs in it, right? That's the whole point of this fucking short, okay? Yeah. So there's a scene where he, the dude gets in his car. And he's trying to shut the glove box is open. He's trying to shut the glove box. And, it, you know, the spring's gone. So, of course, he can't shut the glove box. You know, so he's just like... Keeps flipping it, flipping it, flipping it. And then Bill Corbett, yeah, try it eight more times. <laughs> there, there was no a similar spring. one. Yeah, that he did. That was his little chant. Now every time he would try something, and there would the spring was the, the little dude would show up. Now it's no spring. springs, and they disappear. <laughs> so a, then he gets done. Like you know, the Coily's like the guy's like, oh Coily, please bring all the springs back. You know, okay, just this once. You know, and then they're like, so Coily waited his whole life for this, and he just gives up just like that. <laughs> I, I was gonna say another one. So, then, he, so then the guy goes on. Like, and then he's telling all of his buddies. He goes out golfing with all his buddies. And he's going out about, oh, there's springs and all kinds of things. There's this and that and, that, and, and, and this and guns. And one of the guys, guns, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Man. There was another uh, Bill Corbett outbreak, uh, outburst I liked. It was one of the camera ones in MST that they did. Uh, there was just a scene, and it was, I think it was camera versus Zegra. And there was a, uh, there were this one, this, uh, these, these military people were taking over or, or moved into a hotel. Actually, they didn't know, but the hotel owner wanted to get, uh, per- an order of fish okay. from this like one fishmonger. But the, uh, guy who owns these dolphins, his aquarium wants the fish for his dolphins. And so the, um, the hotel owner's like, well, you got to understand I'm feeding human beings here and we're going to be, fe- and they need to eat, you know, they need to be proper. I have guests in my hotel that need to be, so, well, my dolphins are very important because they need to be fed about this certain, you know, they need to be fed this certain thing. So I don't care about your guests in there because they got to entertain children and educate people. Well, my, my hotel guests, they have to go and they are very important people. They're human beings. They're more important than dolphins. Like, well, my dolphins are, and suddenly Bill Corbin goes, what the heck does this have to do with anything? <laughs> because it's like, it has nothing to do with the movie, it's just the long argument. It was it was the same thing in the uh, in the Star Wars Holiday Special. There is uh, the, the scene with the Wookiees talking back and forth, literally 20 minutes of Wookiees talking to each other with no subtitles. <laughs> and that's another one, Bill Corbin, what is happening? <laughs> Oh, God. But, uh, I mean, if you're going to go down the line, I wrote down a couple to try and remember, like, what it's, I mean, obviously, number one's going to be Manos. Manos, the hands of fate. You know what? I actually have a specific thing about Manos. I really hate that people say that that's the number one, that that's the best MST3K. I hate that one because that movie is so damn boring. In my opinion, even the first time, the MST3K crew could not make it funny. Yeah, no. I, I hate watching that. I actually hate it. It's not, oh, I hate it because it's B. It's just B. 
bad. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like well, the thing is too. I mean, I I've looked up the history of that movie and everything. Yeah, like the guy that the uh, Hal Warren, right? The, mm-hmm. the guy that made them. I think I think I think the only reason people looked up the history and they actually did some documentary on it. Well, I was just Be, fa- just because MST three was uh, made it so popular. I was fascinated so as anybody else. Like like every once in a while, it was while, like a bat, wasn't it? No, it was just so th- like like dude was like a fertilizer salesman from <laughs> Indiana or something. And he's just like, I'm going to make a movie. Yeah, so I, thought it, got, I thought it was a challenge. He got himself or a like camera that. Mm-hmm. that could not record audio. So he records the movie, and the movie could only record up to 11 seconds at a time. So there's no scene in that movie that's longer than 11 seconds without a jump cut to something else, okay? And then no audio. So all of the audio in the movie is dubbed. And the dubbing was done by, like, him and one other per- – like, there was him and then a woman to do the female voices. Then he did all the male voices. So, like, halfway through the movie, they're watching it. And, like, one dude's talking to another dude. And Joel's like, this is just one guy doing all those voices. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the, when you look up the history of it, it's totally fucking true. It is just one guy doing all those voices. And you can tell, like, when you watch it, it's really, like – that's what made me look up the history of the movie because I'm watching it. And, like, the voices are in English. Yeah. And the dubbing's in English. Right. So it's like, why is this movie dubbed? They're they're speaking English. Why did they overdub that? Like, I couldn't, like, I had to find out. <laughs> there are certain movies like that. The one, do you remember Birdemic? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Room? Have you heard of this one? The, heard of it, never saw it. Okay. The, yep. the, there, is, there are certain movies like Manos, Birdemic, and The Room are three that come to mind that are just, like, so bad that it, like, makes you question all reality. And you're, like, you have to look up, like, how, how did this happen? Why did this happen? I must know the history of this. Mm-hmm. And you like, I fucking start going on Wikipedia and like looking up like, you know, the history, and you find out like, oh my god, like the, just the insanity. Was happened. this the one of the movies? Because I forget which movie it was. Is that the one where they had they strategically blocked everybody's mouths? In which one? Okay, obviously there was another one. I don't want to say I don't want to say it was a Roger Corman one because all of it, all of it is that audio. But there was one. In the early days, and I forget which movie is. I want to say it was the Beast of Yucca Flats. Oh, okay. That did that, and where they literally shot everything so that when people talked, they were like behind a they were slightly behind a cabinet or something, so you couldn't so see their this, mouths. This was to so they can overdub. So they could, oh, that's because they couldn't record audio. Wow, <laughs> very creative. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible, but creative. Yeah, they would see the backs of everybody of talking and just moving their hands, you that's, know. That's one of the MST movies that do that? Eventually, yeah, MST, yeah. I'm going to have to, yeah, we're going to have to look that up and see which, yeah, if that, if it's the Beast of Yucca Flats. I think it's the Beast of Yucca Flats. It could be wrong. That I'm almost crazy. positive. That's crazy. I, yeah, I would love to see that, man. Because it's like, did you, did you watch Birdemic with yeah. us or maybe like half oh, of it? Oh, I watched, for some reason you told me to watch it. I watched it one night and I stayed up all night watching the damn thing instead of going to bed for work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was awful. It, it's Just awful. Yeah, I mean, you had you you never seen I don't this, think Monica, you've never seen this. this the, okay, well, it's one of the Rift Tracks movies, and it's about um, mm. basically a, a bird invasion. But it's like Hitchcock, right? But like yeah. a shitty version. Right. Um, and uh, the birds are like, how do you describe the shittiness of the CGI? <laughs> Almost seems like they're hand drawn. Cells. They look like nineties. They're like animated, like nineties under construction gifs. Yeah, it's, they're, it's Did like you just say gif. Yeah, is that? Am I wrong? I hate people yeah. who say gif as well. I yeah. thought that was correct though. Yeah, that, we're, we're going to commercial break. We throttle right. Anyway, go on. Well, the uh, the yeah the uh, the now I'm stuck on this thing. Have I said it wrong? It's a gif. Is it? Yeah. I don't. You know what? I don't know which one is the proper one. To be honest, because I've heard people say graphics image format. It's graphics. (laughs) Yeah, graphics. Graphics. Um, 
I'm going to look this up. I'm going to find out if I'm right or wrong because, uh, yeah, I'm fascinated now. Well, Daniel, what is it? It's G- graphic. GIF or GIF? It's GIF. Always GIF. It's graphic. I'm GIF, GIF or GIF. GIF? GIF is a peanut butter. GIF, GIF is an animated image on a web page. Yeah, but you were three dudes. Yeah, and you're well, one dude. And you're outlawing it. Outlaw. It's yeah, been declared. I, this is Rad's podcast where everything after it's said is done. It's set in stone. <laughs> Well, it's now law. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look this up. It's like Steve Colbert with the big fuzzy, big furry hat. It's like what what it says on the uh, podcast here is now forever I'm gonna, law. Yeah, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna. Yeah, well, my, it looks like Mark's gonna look it up for us. Yeah, that's right. Continue. Okay. Um, yes, these birds. Bird, bird demic. You know, I just want to say that somebody made a, an observation about how how many bars uh, nowadays are lo- lost a lot of character thanks to cell phones. Because it was always arguments. No, it's GIF. No, it's GIF. No, I'm telling you when it goes back to this, it's like somebody now somebody goes, well, let me look it up on my cell phone. Yeah. And solves the argument. Yeah. So All the character of our, of our no arguments. Now bar fights because yeah. they're just, yeah. It brought world peace. It totally did. Yeah. The internet. At least in bars. The cell phone. Internet. At least in bars. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> How many people does it take to look up the word GIF? <laughs> the history of the GIF. Did it actually come Is in? it pronounced GIF or JIF? How to really pronounce GIF? Despite what Danny Carpenter says, it is JIF. It is the most natural, logical way to pronounce it. And that's why why everyone comes across the word the first time, they use a hard G. So, logically, you want to say JIF. Every word that starts with G, then a vowel, then an F, is pronounced with a hard G. For example, GAF, GIF. Guff and guffaw. The word gift is the closest word to gif, and it has a hard G to pronounce gif. Just say gift without the T. You're yeah, not I mean, me yeah, I mean, according to this, it's not clear cut, right? So they're saying the inventor of it, you know, not Al Gore who invented the internet, right. which no, I don't exactly. has brought world peace. Yes. But, um, yes. but yeah, apparently he says gif, but there's a whole long diatribe on Gizmodo as to why he is wrong. Oof. And I agree. With the, that. the creator is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh. The creator it, of, it, yeah, you mean the creator of giving you're talking about Al Gore graph, now. I mean, it, it's, well, yeah, I mean, you don't say it's a Well, the, cre- the creator of the format is not um, a linguist. No, clearly not. I mean, the Oxford Dictionary says that either is accurate, but, uh, but yeah. Apparently there's stickers for people like you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd wear that. Let's see. <laughs> right next to my I beat Sheng Long button. <laughs> is there enough room on the shirt for both, or the Sheng Long one should be bigger? <laughs> I couldn't beat him that night. No. No, I only got the I fought Shenlong. Uh well I He's broke even. Badass. I broke yep. even because I beat him twice, but then he perfected me. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. yeah okay, their but, example is a you know, they basically summed them with I'll I'll leave over in here with the definitive argument clincher, Jin. Ah. Okay. That doesn't clinch it at all. <laughs> well, what's the three letter word that Oh Jin Jif? Jif. Yeah. Jif. I've always said it is GIF. Whatever. Same here. Yeah. Majority rules. You're wrong. Okay. Right. Now you can edit out the last 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm keeping the, the GIF thing in because it's interesting. Oh, dear. What about Cool Whip? Cool Whip. Oh, God. <laughs> Family Guy is definitely a podcast for way down the road. Why are you being so Say Cool Whip. 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 I'll say Cool Whip. Cool Whip. <laughs> what do you know? You had the next gen guys on. The Star Trek yes. Next Gen guys on, and uh, oh, and the whole Patrick yeah. Stewart was being mean to Will Wheaton. Why are you being so mean to Will Wheaton? <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? Speaking of Will Wheaton, making the cameo at the beginning of this yeah. episode, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, what's her name? Alicia Day. 
No. No. <laughs> who was with Will Wheaton? I was trying to figure out who the woman was. From was Buck it? Rogers, right? Oh, it was Aaron Gray. Aaron yeah. Gray. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I thought that was her. Yeah. I was trying to figure out if it was her or um, who's the one who played Wonder Woman? Oh, um, Linda, Linda Carter. Linda Carter. Linda Carter. Yeah. Linda Carter. Yeah. That yeah. was Aaron Gray. Aaron Gray. They both stood the test of time, I think. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. Uh, Birdemic. Oh yeah, Bird. Ugh. So badly animated. Gift slash gif looking. Yeah, if birds. you've never seen this movie, man, I highly now don't go looking for Birdemic. Go looking for Rift Tracks because that's the one that you need to see. You, yes. can't, you can't watch. Yeah, Birdemic is it's it's just unwatchable. But it's like really bizarre, like to even explain it because like the director obviously has a message he's trying to give. Do you remember this? No. <laughs> well, it's it's like about the environment and stuff, right? So he's like. And he's peppering in this, like, the birds attacked because the environment, blah, blah. blah. I, peppering in isn't even the right word. It's fucking hammered in. And it's. <laughs> Honestly, I forgot most of that. Yeah. I, I, I therapy don't, took care of the rest. Yeah. I don't blame you. It was, <laughs> it was bad. But uh, yeah, like Manos, I put in this, like, it's a very special category, a very special level of hell that that movie belongs yes. in. But uh, yeah, the Manos, Birdemic's another one. And then there's this other movie called The Room, which. You didn't see that no. one? No. I don't think I've seen that one the either. Room, yeah, those three in particular are ones that... Now, but The Room and Birdemic never made it to Mystery Science Theater, but Rift Tracks, definitely. And Rift Tracks also did a new version of um, Man of the Hands of Fate, too. That's right, they did the live version. They did a live version where they... All brand new jokes for Man of the Hands. Yep. I don't know. I, I didn't want to see it. Yeah, so you didn't... Oh, yeah, well, because you don't like watching the movie. Yeah, it's because of the movie, yeah. I, I don't care how... Are you sure, man? It was a new HD cut of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> HD... <laughs> It was just one of the things they kept saying. Like it's you know we tried we got. I just had no faith that they can make that movie funny. I don't want to experience that movie again. Yeah, it was weird here. Like it's weird because they've done that a couple times with Rift Tracks, where they've taken an MST movie and they've put like all. Yeah, they did Santa Claus. Actually, so there are ones that I've watched like a number of times, and I kind of almost know the jokes by heart. So when you see all these new jokes, it's like oh that's weird because like in my mind. That's the point. I where know the goes, joke. I know the joke that goes here. This is yeah. Movie. One of my favorite MSTs was the just the Santa Claus Mexican movie. Oh my god! <laughs> I know that movie backwards and forwards. So so many jokes there. Uh, several ones. A friend of mine, Carol, we share one uh, where they were where the um, Santa hands uh, the parents the cocktail of remembrance. It's just like this dry ice thing, where like bubbling oh, and smoke sure. coming out. Yeah. So we always make the joke about the cocktail of remembrance. Of course, my favorite line is like. When they drink it and they remember their children, it's like, yes, booze helps par- parents remember their children. <laughs> so, uh, but I was going to say, if you were mentioning Rift Tracks, you have not me- you have not mentioned the pinnacle achievement that Rift Tracks actually made. Which one? That is the three movies of the Twilight series. Oh God, yeah, I, yeah, I, I should have definitely mentioned that. Hell, I mean, hell, they did um, all three of the Matrix movies. Well, yeah, but I was going to say did that the, they, uh, the Avengers, they did, uh, you know, all the Captain. But America Twilight was, was a real was like their special one. They, yeah, they, they, that one hit like all their 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 most says. Sales I would have never seen those movies. Same here, except for, yeah, I watched them. The Rift Track ones were just absolutely brilliant. They yeah. made those movies totally watchable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, I mean, there. By the end, there's um, who is the who? Gosh, is that that actor that's in? Um, he plays the uh, like the 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 kind of the king, the lord of the vampires. Mm-hmm. The uh, what? But but the, but the, the actor, lord of the douchebag group, yeah, 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 whatever yeah. they were. You know those like it's those three vampires who were all like yeah. with the robes and they're all you know the uh, they're all so gay. That's like they have them talking like that throughout the whole thing. But there's the one the laugh he makes that laugh that uh, that very fruity ha ha ha. Hey, twenty seconds. 
And they're, and they're like, there is nothing we could say that would make that any funnier. Yeah. That's the rip track. It's like their joke. There's nothing we could possibly that. say that could make that any funnier. <laughs> yeah, those Twilight movies are, are just fantastic to watch with. Uh, and, uh, you know, I hate to say this, but I've actually watched a lot of the Riff Tracks movies via, like, bootleg again because when you get them from riff tracks you get just the mp3 commentary yep that's, you have how, to they time make, it. that's how they make it legal so that they can release these things and not have to get the rights to the well, that's how we right? first saw was the fast and the furious was actually bootlegged dubbed over yeah with so there, in there there are people who bootleg these things and put them out there and then you can like it the movie's already got the commentary built into it so it's like it makes it real easy now riff tracks has done their own thing now where they've made it real easy. The player? They have, yeah, they have an app that just auto-syncs itself mm. up to like the thing. So you don't even have to get the bootlegs anymore. But for a while, that's the way you would get them. You'd get them with the commentary already built into them. Some dudes would like go nuts with them where they would put like, they would have the movie audio come out the center left and right speaker, and then they would put the riff tracks commentary in the rear left and right. So it sounded oh, like they weird. were like there. Commenting to yeah, you. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Like when that they is actually like, cool. They like do like weird like... Dolby mixes with them and stuff. So there's like some creative stuff going on out there. So I liked, I liked that. But they would do like multiple tracks where it would be like, here's just the Rift tracks commentary mixed in. Here it is in surround with them in the back. And as soon as you can like pick which, you know, which audio track you wanted to do and stuff like that. It was pretty neat. But uh, yeah, Twilight. And uh, I, just, I remember Iron Man being a pretty good one. There, I saw the Iron Man one. The riff of Iron Man. Well, there's the scene in the beginning where he's, you know, he, they've got him in that prison and they're like, make this weapon for us. And so he's mm-hmm. in there with the, uh, you know, he's soldering and doing all the electronic stuff. So he's when he's doing the soldering iron, they're like, oh, Iron Man, because his, of his above average ability to use a soldering iron. <laughs> Easy. And then the dude, uh, the, then he escapes. He builds like the... The cruddy, the cruddy Iron Man suit to you know escape out of there, and he's getting out of there, and he's blowing the place up, and there's fire everywhere, and then there's that scene where the big bad guy pulls up in that truck, mm-hmm. and he sees what's going on, and as he pulls up in the truck, he's looking out the window at all the destruction. He's like, "I leave for 15 minutes to get pizza, and this happens." <laughs> well, uh, the one I remember watching was the Captain America Rift Tracks one. That was great. The one particular scene I loved. It's a very simple scene, but it's when the Red Skull sits in his chair. He just sits directly in it, and he just spins 90 degrees yeah. to look at the other one. But in that scene, he sits down, he spins, and he's just going, I think it was like uh, Bill Corbett goes, wee, <laughs> as he spins. <laughs> it, was, it was like perfect, so with the silence and everything, just, as he turns, just, wee. But it's, <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's funny, though. We talked <laughs> earlier about how, like, Mystery Science Theater is not like a show like The Walking Dead where you can have a water cooler conversation. Obviously, we're proving ourselves wrong because we're sitting here <laughs> doing it. But you see, the way you have to talk about Mystery Science Theater is to tell one joke. You have to set up, you have to spend like a minute setting up the scene. And, yes. and then the joke is this. It's, uh, yeah, but if I had to, I had my list of like ones that I was, uh, that I was trying to read up. But yeah, obviously, Manos. And then uh, one of my favorite ones is Mitchell. Uh, yes. Have you ever seen Mitchell? Mitchell. Joe Don Baker. Yep. The, the, it's just like he's, that was an awful he, yeah, it's it's a it's a seventies cop flick starring this guy, Joe Don Baker, who is just like this drunk sleaze thing. Yeah, he's just like this flabby, like not attractive, not in shape dude, and like the movie's about him for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And like literally the very first scene in the movie where you see Mitchell, he's sleeping in the back of a police car. Yeah. And then, like, it's like they just put the camera on him, and he's sleeping in the back seat. And, the, and uh, Joel Hodge is like, "Our hero, ladies and gentlemen, right there." <laughs> yeah, that's what this is. 
Uh, First attempt at an anti-hero, I the, think. The, the entire movie is is literally just spent ripping on just that dude. Like mm-hmm. that's what makes it so damn funny. It's just like them ripping on Joe Don Baker like the entire time. It's like they make jokes about the movie here and there, but mostly it's like everything is directed. Directed right. Just him. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh mm-hmm. God. It's 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 fucking hysterical. We already talked about Space Mutiny. That's big McLarge huge. Uh Time Chasers. Did you ever see Time Chasers? Time Chasers is a movie about it's it was made in the 80s. It's set in the 80s and it's about a dude that built time travel into um like a single engine Cessna. Okay. Yeah, so he uses the the Cessna Yeah, to, to the future to, yeah, is not to, to go you have seen Yes. This? Okay. I don't think I have. And inside of the plane yeah, is, we've seen this before. Yeah, yeah, inside the plane is a Commodore 64 computer. <laughs> wow. And so he's like putting in, you know, five, so he's putting in the disks. Five and his quarter floppies. Up, yeah, and, and like the joke in the movie is, so the secrets of time travel are on eight, five and a quarter floppies. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, he, like, the, the they travel into the future and like, you know, 2040 or whatever it is, you know, for, yeah, at the time. And um, they're like, oh, my God, we're in 2040. But the funny thing about it is they can't afford to, like, do a pan and show you, like, a futuristic city. So he has, like, this shitty little LCD on his control panel in the plane on the Commodore. You yeah. just, so they're like, oh, my God, it's 2040. And you see, like, a shitty, like, LCD version of it in the plane. They don't pan up to the window to show you the city. They can only show you, like, what's in the, you know. And then... He's like, well, I'm going to sell the rights to this thing and, like, you know, get this thing mass produced and make money. And then everybody can do time travel, blah, 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 you know, and I'll make a fortune. So he sells it to this big company and, you know, big fucking shock. The CEO of the company is, like, evil and wants to use the time travel to, you know, make himself, you know, all these different things, make himself the leader of the world or whatever. So then they're like, you know, he's like, well, let's go back. It back into 2040 and they go back into 2040 and like oh my god 2040 is a wasteland but there again it's just a little lcd screen and now the city's all like oh, you know, 2600 style graphics but now it looks like missile command where the cities are flat you know oh, god. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like all they can show so it's like oh you know, god it's 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 a good one i'm glad you've seen that you don't remember this one i don't remember it at all oh, either geez. so yeah time chasers is a, and time chasers is another one that rift tracks redid it they did a live they, live version of of uh, time chasers and when they did it, the people that were in the movie were actually in the theater with them watching it, oh, and they like cool. showed them and said, "Like, here's you know, this is the the guy that plays the the guy that built the time travel machine, wow. the actor, you know, the actor, the director was there, like everybody was there, and uh, they're like, you know, we know that the people that were in the movie are here in the audience with us tonight. We just want to say uh, we're sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but this is what we do. Yep. So, and then they, you know, they started." Ripping on the movie. That's awesome. all right. I already, I, I, I got to get sympathized with them too. I remember I was watching somebody did a uh, top ten uh, worst covers of EGM, and one of the ones I did for EGM two made it on that list. Ah, so, okay. <laughs> and it was like this. Do you know, were you around? I made that like Goro out of uh, out of Bryce. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, I used we we had like no artwork for something, and I made this go this like shitty Goro like over one day out of KPT Bryce, uh, which is a landscape. Which for people who don't know, it was back then. It was power a, tools, man. Yeah, kind of power tools. It was uh for Bryce was making funny landscapes and stuff like amazing 
otherworldly landscapes. That was it. I had made this like crappy Goro and I photoshopped him and I made that as like the cover. So, yeah. but that was the same thing. You know, people, I, I saw the humility in that online. I'm like, oh, all right. I was proud of it back in the day right. to make something like that. <laughs> well, that was that the first time you, you had used that program? Oh, no, I've used that program before, but it's not to be used that way. It oh. was used to make alien landscapes. You're not supposed to use it to make 3D characters. Ah, okay. Yeah, like you do spheres and things like that to make like That's what I did. I, I think I took a photo. Yeah, I took yeah. a Photoshop texture of my arm and I just like put it in a bunch of spheres and I assembled them together and I brought that whole thing into Photoshop and smeared everything around. Okay, <laughs> but for doing like anything space oriented or shooters or whatever, it was like it was it was awesome. Yeah, so, mm. yeah. But uh, yeah, so kind of the same thing. You got so. you got ripped on by a large group of exactly of, of people. Yeah, that's as bad as my Hydra logo. <laughs> Your Hydra logo? And Mark knows that story. I know that story. <laughs> <laughs> You don't remember this? No. Oh. Mm. Uh, I uh, I mean, yeah, I know, but I, our listening audience should know about it. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, <laughs> it, it's it's a short story. I made a logo. I was doing a, I had to do a spread on it. It was Hydra for Lynx, I believe. Yes, yeah. for Lynx. And uh, the logo just wasn't coming out the way I wanted it to. So I spent, like, kind of longer than I should have maybe working on this logo. And uh, I just, you were, you had come by, like, three or four times, but like, you're still fucking working on the logo. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> And then the magazine came out, and I'm like, nah, it looks like shit. <laughs> it, was, it was just sad. So anytime, um, what usually will happen... The, well, the funny thing is you did in Photoshop, too, as a yeah. like illustrator. Right. Just, like, he was, he's in well, Photoshop. we didn't have... Oh, that was TypeStyler back then. Yeah, yeah. And everything. Was, but no, but I didn't use TypeStyler. No, he did it in Photoshop. That's the funny part. Like, like, yeah, instead of doing yeah, like, no, TypeStyler or I Illustrator or any of the other... It was I all can't make it look... I tried it in TypeStyler, and I couldn't make it look like... Now, this story is off the rails, but I couldn't make it look in TypeStyler. I wanted it to look like it looked in the game. But when I imported the graphic from the game, it was too low res, it looked yeah. like shit. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just redraw it in Photoshop. It was before Illustrator. Because we didn't have Illustrator. No, it wasn't Illustrator. I'm confusing that with what's the uh, the Pixar one that we had. So we had TypeStyler. Oh, God, had, that 3D rendering we also, Pixar we also had one. The Pixar one, yeah. I think we just called it Pixar, but I don't remember what it was. Type Typesetter, I think, comes to my mind. But it was it was a Pixar. I it was, do remember that. Yeah. That was like, that was like a big fad for us for like a year. It was. Or it was. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. But anyway, I, I wanted the logo. Yeah. I wanted the logo Holy to look geez, like. I totally it forgot did. about that. I wanted the logo to look like it did in the game. So I'm like, I'm just gonna redraw it in Photoshop. So I brought it into the, it brought it into Photoshop, and then started drawing mine over the old one in Photoshop. And like, I, I, I worked on it for like two fucking days, uh, just on a logo for a page, you know. And I just remember him like, coming <laughs> but I would over. come by and it would be the same thing on the screen for like two days straight. And I'm just like, dude, you're not done with this thing yet. Yeah, I like to think at one point you were like, just let it go, man. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that was it. Like, he didn't stop by to tell me anything or say anything. He just, wa- you didn't even stop. You just, just walked by my cubicle. Let it go, man. <laughs> <laughs> totally picture that. So, the, uh, the chain of joke events, as it usually occurs, is your Thunder Spirits spread with the giant icons. Yes. So, the chain of jokes will go... No, just like your shitty, uh, you know, Thunder Spirits way too blown up icons. Yeah, how's that Hydra logo, asshole? Because <laughs> I don't remember what happened with the, what was the story? Do you remember the icons? Do you remember? I don't know if you remember what happened. They were, they were blown up some. Yeah, I so, I, so I was doing a Thunder Spirits thread and I was really excited because it was like my first two pager or whatever, right? So like I want like all this awesome details showing all the, all the, you know, all the, all the, all the, all the, all the upgrades and everything like that. And, and on screen when you're zoomed in, 
you know, you know that things will be pixelated, right? And then, but mm-hmm. then you always, when you would zoom out in Quark or whatever, it would look okay. Yeah, when I went to press and then I actually went out and print, it was... The, I Did you, like, blow them up to 200% or something? Yeah, the, I, yeah they were really, really blowing up big. And then in, in, and on the page, they, they turned out absolutely terrible. Yep. So, yeah, I... I it's the butt of jokes for a long time with that one. <laughs> so that's so, always yeah. the back and forth. It's like, ah, yeah, it's Thunder Spirits icon. Yeah. It's like, how's that Hydra logo coming? <laughs> <laughs> it never ends. But that was, I mean, that was kind of the funny thing, right? Is that, you know, we were blazing new trails, but there always was like this, this fun kind of competitiveness across all of us, right? When we were doing spreads, like, okay, who could do something that was new and cool that yeah. someone else never really did? And yep, I remember. As I recall, it was you, Vallis, who would come up, you, you would always do something with the fact file. Yes. Yes, you that would always mess with that. Always break, breaking things in half or do, squeezing text or doing something. Mm-hmm. You, know, you were always, like, doing different things. The Swan Lake always comes to mind. What did I do with Swan Lake? Um, so there was a was a Swan Pelican looking thing or yep. whatever, but I don't remember specifically what you did with that. But this you used to do like to your point the multi, like multi layered things where you would have like the Swan on top of like the fact file thing and whatnot, like do all these multi. But uh, your your Swan Lake one comes to comes to mind. Was that's absolutely on both spreads. Swan Lake. I don't. I got I, mean, I remember the game. Yeah. I don't remember the spread at all. But that so. was another one. That was another one. Like to race point with Hydra. Like I don't remember the reason why. If it was like you liked the game or but like. Dude, you worked in that thing for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> be a bit surprised. Yeah. Probably because it was Turbo Graphics. That was a yeah. big Turbo yeah. game back yeah. then. So yeah, it was just uh, like, the engine Turbo fan. I'm surprised they let you get away with that stuff because that, that whenever you would do that stuff, that always seemed like the kind of thing that would be like, Ad- rock, rock, get in here, rock. <laughs> well, Ed, I don't know if I told you my original story. Uh, I remember it was, um, I believe it was Shining Force. Hmm. We had the Japanese version of Shining Force, and I did this like two page spread with the art in the center. It was for Mega play mm. and i did this whole thing around it It was like a whole new thing with a wood background stuff like that and ed was just like bad bad this is terrible i can't believe you do this apparently steve harris like he came in he was going through and he saw that he saw that shining for it but he was like he's like who did it he's like oh it's Valus. he did it you know that's just Valus. he did it. he's like this is really cool i want to see more like this oh okay and suddenly ed dipped me mr creativity so yeah <laughs> Yeah. And, like, had me do it all. And then I was, like, doing all kinds of other stuff. I remember there was one. It was mostly, I think it, everyone loved it. But the problem that they hated was the fact that I did them for Turbo Graphics games. Mm-hmm. Like, all these, like, things. Where I think there was, like, some shooter for Turbo Graphics. Super Graphics games, right? I, mean, you did now, I didn't do any Super Graphics ones. I could swear you did. You did. Was it Ghouls and Ghosts, right, for Super Graphics? I thought you did that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I remember Martin did yeah, one for that. I probably yeah. did Ghouls and Ghosts for some. But I remember it was like some shooter, and I made like the explosions be the captions and lasers shooting up in there and stuff like that. And it was like this really cool detailed spread. And then like you would go to like some of like the, the next page or like somebody else's news spread, and it was just like ripple twirl, ripple background, and that was it. <laughs> ripple twirl, ripple fade, ninety percent. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you the one thing: working output or no, not outputs, uh, working uh, in the um, well, I guess technically it was uh, the print side of things. Hmm. The one we always were terrified of was Ken Williams mm. because he was always trying to new Photoshop techniques and stuff like that. And it was just like, and soon we would get a Ken spread in contract. We're like, Colleen Bastion and I were like, God damn it. Something's going to fucking bomb. We're going to have no idea what he fucking did. We're going to have to call him in. And he, his wife always come. I got like, got to know his wife really well because he constantly had to come in and fix whatever it was because we couldn't figure out what it did. Because yeah. he would like be, he would burn stuff. He, he would have like a background. He would burn it. He would have a separate shadow layer and quark with all the shadows and stuff. I was like, oh, I mean, nowadays I know what he did, but 
since I got used to doing knowing Photoshop and whatnot. So, but that would always terrify us. We, we would learn all things. Don't rotate cutouts and quark and stuff like that. I just think you need a better lino. <laughs> That's basically what a lot of people complained about. So, because <laughs> things would always bomb. Everything would bomb. And I learned all doing this, doing that. I think my favorite day, I remember I walked in. And I walked into the, uh, it was like I was a night crew at the time. I walked in, and Colleen Bash was there, and she turns around, and she looks and goes, oh, my God, thank God he's here. I'm like, okay, positive thing number one. And they're like, there was something for Hero Illustrated. And I like I did not move. They're like, we have been trying for hours for this thing. I like just turned my head, and I looked. I'm like, it's that cutout right there. And they're like, no, we checked that. I'm like, nope, you idiot, you rotated it in Quark. Rotate it back. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, it worked. <laughs> yeah, people right now are just lost. They're like, I don't know. I never even heard of Quark. What? Oh, Quark is a layout program. Yeah, said, that's true. We got so much. He's that much. dude from Deep Space Nine, right? <laughs> that's all I know. No, it, yeah, it's EGM stuff. But uh, um, there was um, well, we talked about <laughs> we talked about a couple of the things that uh, that happened with uh, you know with screensavers and things. <laughs> We're not talking about this again. <laughs> well, you know, now that Mark's here, I oh, figured geez. it would be a good opportunity to. Uh, <laughs> To uh, to touch on that uh, a little bit, the uh, I only heard about this. Right? I don't think I ever saw the now, aftermath. Now, I, did, did you end up on Night Crew? Th- th- that's the question we couldn't answer. Did yes. you? Did, okay. Yeah. 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 I used to. I mean, yeah. I, I used to pick you up actually. Did you? you? Yeah, you would be like waiting. I don't know if it was. I would drop me off. I, I don't know if it was like, Highland Avenue or Finley or whatever. Yeah, it was like, Highland. It, it was. It was. Yeah, uh, you would. You would always be like waiting in the median, and I would like pick you up and like take you to work. And oh like, yeah, that's but, right. Yeah. You would like swing by you as you were on the way. So yeah, and, but that's what happened though. That's when when we were talking about that the the screensaver story, the famous screensaver story, where you and I spent an inordinate amount of time scanning things from around the office and changing Daniel's screensaver, and then Martin said, "Mark, you're going on night crew." Yeah, see, I, I don't recall it that way. I okay. mean, my, the reason why I actually got moved to Night Crew was it was it was purely resourcing. Mm. There wasn't enough of computers for for folks during the day, right. so I moved I moved to I moved to Night Crew using someone else's yep. screen, you know, computer or whatever. Yeah, that day yeah. In day. fact, if I remember correctly, I think I used Danians actually at nighttime. Mm. And how then that, how that work then, out? Well, no, and then when they got extra two FXs and whatnot, then I. Came on, and then Daniel and I shared a cubicle. And okay. It took him 10 years to talk to me. After. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, but yeah, no. So we moved tonight, and yeah, Mike and I had our own shenanigans going. Oh, right. God, it's all Chris. I, was, I think I said, I don't know if I said it in the last podcast, still one of my favorite moments with you in there was, uh, we all remember my favorite, Melissa. <laughs> so, but there was, um, she actually, the, she pulled up one time. Now, this, yes. was, uh, that, this was an ex- girlfriend for the context of the people yes listening. girlfriend friend so it was a weird dynamic so but um anyways uh anyways she uh, the thing was she was very very terse <laughs> that's the thing people want to know she always had the words but i remember just the one night this is not the uh shake one this is a different one mm. it's the one when she pulls up and she just kept laying on the horn wanting me to come out and i'm just like i don't want to deal with this i do not want to deal with her right now she's not right now and you you i'm so blessed bless it you rolled out the window go go <laughs> Fucking go home! We don't care! <laughs> Would you go home already? <laughs> now, is that the same girl with the 
Shake? Yes. Yes, okay. that is the yeah. same girl that shake. I, I couldn't remember if that was... Roger, I was not there for that, but I only no. found out the aftermath of that. <laughs> no, I only seen... Who was recall, actually there for that? We're called we Daniel, there for that. Daniel Martin and I were there, and we were doing something later. It was in the evening, but it was like the early evening. But if I, I like, didn't Shake get on Martin and his... Yeah, she yes. threw it at the window, and the window was those, you know, old school windows that would, you know, open... Inwards. Out, inwards or outwards yeah. or whatever it was, and yeah, she... So this she is Mike's like, ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Shows up one night looking. Not X at the time. We were, we were still thing. It's a it was a complicated thing. Yeah. So so she shows up one night at 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 the office of EGM. Pulls mm-hmm. up into the parking lot. Starts yelling up into the window. Yeah. Where's like, Mike? Or is whatever. Mike there? And we're like, no, he's not here. And she's like, bullshit, <laughs> and throws this big, huge shake up at the window. <laughs> Perfectly placed, and it hits the open window and go like splatters in and gets on, gets on Martin in his cubicle area. But it was, uh, yeah, it was funny. Yeah, yeah, like I said, it was in the early evening, and she probably assumed that I, she you probably were there because saying. it was your shift, but mm-hmm. you in fact weren't there. Yeah, and uh, for whatever reason, and yeah, it was, uh, that was probably funny. to avoid her, obviously. Probably. <laughs> probably. I remember there was a point. There was a point I made the transition to night crew. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that was, so. Yeah. That's yeah, it was around, yeah, it was around the same time. So like I said, I just seem to remember that there was there was there was we were they were onboarding more more folks in the EGM, and I don't know what why you because I think you probably were still in school at the time, and it was something and like I was that, like yeah. the new guy, so they moved us tonight. We know we either volunteer and voluntary agreed to move tonight's and mm-hmm. and uh, I was I, mean, I remember I, I started mean, my, the yeah. night crew thing because I would then talk to Mike Riley and I thought it would just be easier just to do that have a computer always available. I think that was one of the biggest things because like you said the computer wasn't yeah. available when I came in from school because I was still in high school at the yeah. time. Uh, there was never a computer available and I had to jump on one so yeah. I had to figure out one. So no, I mean I, I know we're getting off on a tangent here, but no, my my fondest my fondest memory was was. Discovering that the storage cages at the basement, that the key opened every single one of the storage cages. The same key. It was the same key opened all of them. I don't remember that. Yeah. And, well, I think you remember what happened when I found that out. We opened up the storage cage and we took the entire break room and recreated it inside of one of the storage cages. I do not remember this. Yeah, everything. Pop machine, the whole entire nine years. Was I there for that? Yeah, you and I did it. Could I see this? Yeah. I was, Why I mean, do I not remember this? I, I feel all, bad. I was all of 150 pounds soaking wet. I mean, I, I, I needed someone strong like you to help me move that thing. And <laughs> we took the table, the chairs, the pop machine, everything, moved it into... into That's it. I do remember cages. it now. Yeah, I think I do remember it. We recreated the whole entire thing perfectly in... The cage and locked it. Yes. And to this day, I'd and stole I stole the way. Happened. Now I wasn't there for it, but I remember now you I remember telling me the story. Geez. And then you were like, "Okay, so we do this, and then you know the key unlocks every cage. So then we went in one of the other cages and locked ourselves in and just waited, <laughs> and then watched person after person come down and just be like, "What the fuck's going on?" <laughs> But yeah, it was. But yeah, it was perfect. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what made me try that. But we, you know, because we would take stuff down and throw it in the storage at nighttime all the time. And I just randomly, haphazardly, just tried one of the keys. Put in the, the key lock. in the one, and it opened up. And then uh, you know, light bulb goes off, and <laughs> if I come to find out that it opens all of the cages down there. Sure, why not? Yeah. So oh, yeah. and of course we the first thing the thing is to say how can I exploit this yes, for, for for ridiculous amusement? Yeah, I mean I think some of the cages were just empty. Like yeah. there was something mm-hmm. where so like oh there's plenty of space here. Probably so the enough- tenants that left because of us. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Due to stolen donuts and everything else that. Uh, 
I remember the last thing that you did was uh, was like left the coffee machine on at one night. It was like it was like it was like it was like I went up to like it was on then the upstairs when the when the vending machine was upstairs. I went up there and it was just coffee machine was just running coffee all over the water uh, all over the ground the table. Yeah, this is this is what you get when you let eighteen year old kids exactly to the workplace and be like, here, all you have to do is play video games and you know write. Late at night, with nothing better to do. Exactly. Yeah, we're gonna leave yeah. at five. You guys just get some, you know, get something done, and yeah. we'll be, you know, we're gonna go home. Not good. <laughs> right, rifling through drawers of, of desks you shouldn't be, and uh, opening up cages you shouldn't be, and uh, and then we actually got work done too. Yeah. Yes. We and yep. We got, still pulled uh, off work. Got four magazines out. And I think that was back. Uh, were you done? You weren't around for EGM two, were you? You were, but uh, uh, no. but that was like back when we were trying to do when we were originally one staff. That was the nightmare when we were almost about to walk out. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too. That was page page magazines. Yeah, the four hundred pagers. Oh man, there was two like of them. Yeah, two of them, and we were. It was literally we would do it. It would be like EGM biweekly for us because we would have two weeks to mm-hmm. do each magazine, jump on then immediately the next one. Mm-hmm. Because I wouldn't separate the staffs. Yeah. You didn't want to lose control. At least that, I think that was the theory. And finally, Steve said no, and then put like Howard Grossman in charge of the one made a separate staff. Hmm. Yeah, who I did finally meet at, uh, he, he was up at the, yeah, he was up at the arcade. I finally got a chance to meet him because I'd always heard about him, but mm-hmm. never knew. You said he was a decent guy yeah. and everything. So, yeah, I was like, eh, neat. Thank God. Because <laughs> yeah, I've met some people from there. I'm not going to name names, but they're not cool. Most people were, though. Thank God. <laughs> Just blink twice if they're in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Quit blinking already. No, that, yeah, no. Everybody here is it was uh, okay. You know, we had fun with uh, with Terry. We talked earlier about uh, Mark, you and I, and Terry and Martin's excursion up to his aunt's Martin's aunt's farm mm-hmm. that we uh, that we had, and uh, that was the day we all did something stupid. You remember that? I did. What did what, what did we all do that was stupid? Well, the so, first thing we did was when we pulled. I remember Terry's. Terry's was when we first pulled up to the place because it's a farm. Mm-hmm. Terry like went a little overboard, and her dog comes up to the window. He's like, "Oh look, a goat." It's <laughs> <laughs> a dog, Terry. Relax, yeah. man. <laughs> we're, um, we're only in Wisconsin, right? Yeah, I believe Martin fell on ice. Martin slipped on ice. You fell out of the tree. I fell out of a tree. Okay. Yeah. I believe it was. And then you spilled milk. And yeah, I, I ruined our dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was just re- haphazardly reaching across the table to grab something while we're eating and spilled milk all over the meal. All over the food? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, Terry starts it off with his dumb thing that he does. And then we're like, oh, geez, Terry. And then like, we're ripping on him. And then right away, I fell out of a tree, you know. And then everybody's like, started ripping on me. And then Martin's laughing at me, and then he slips on it. Yeah, he slips yeah. on the ice, and then, you know, we're making fun of him. And they're like, oh, we're fine. Yeah, everybody's getting ripped on except Mark. And then he's like, oh, well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And then, uh, but the thing I remember about it, too, was uh, driving up there and uh, listening to uh, the Streets of Rage soundtrack mm-hmm. the whole way up there. That's just like a fond, fond memory. Just like, that's... Four dudes from EGM just going off to the middle of nowhere and fuck work and fuck civilization. And, Rocking out to And just listen Yuzo to Kishiro yeah, Yuzo Kashiro yeah. and then uh, that was a good time. But, uh, you know, then we ended up with, uh, again, Gaming FM kind of grew out of that uh, from that. So that's like, uh, you know, so the, but we'll talk about that on, you know, your podcast. Now that you're comfortable with this, you're ready I'm to go. I'm getting a podcast? Yeah, you're going to, well, not your own. Typically, you're uh, supposed to have your own at yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. 
But you're you're breaking the system. Well, that's you know that's we talked about that earlier. Everybody's got a platform now, right? So yeah. So not to confuse people, they're, we're going to mute all of your conversations in this one, mm-hmm. so that people are ready for you. Yeah. Good. Yep. Yeah. Good. And then well, yeah, it'll just be all. Like, <laughs> like, what are all? I, I encourage that. <laughs> What's so we just be sitting there going like, "What? I don't remember this." Oh yeah, we did that. And just nothing there. Yeah. What's up? What's what's, uh, what's all these silences? Yeah, why why does it keep going uh, going dark there? But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to that. We'll do your uh, your episode. And we'll talk about your EGM history. I know there's a lot more stories and things that haven't been told yet. I, I, I yeah, maybe one, <laughs> <laughs> one or two. Well, that's the same thing. It's when we used to play people in Street Fighter all the time. That was your go to. You know, go oh, when you were hustling. Do you, do you guys play Street Fighter? I dabble. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the same thing. So that was episode, I always have to look. I never remember what episode I'm on. Episode 11, Mystery Science Theater 3000 and a lot of EGM yep. locker room talk. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's, it was, uh, that's it was, how a, it was, an, inter- it was an interesting time in our lives. It's a fun time in our lives. When we get together, we talk about it. And uh, I don't edit it out because it's, uh, you know, it's fun stuff whenever we, whenever we do it and talk about it. It's uh it's really neat, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna come back uh, in a couple weeks, and uh, I don't know uh, who's gonna be. No, I think it's gonna be you again. Me again? I, I actually have. Uh, I, well, normally I don't plan. I say this at the end of every mm-hmm. episode. I don't have plans. I don't know what's coming, but I actually do know what's coming this time because we talked about um, wanting to talk about some of the new Doctor Who stuff. Oh yeah, that's right. Because we almost only, only dabbled classic in the last one. Yeah. So. so normally I say I don't know what's going to happen, but I do actually know what's going to happen. It's going to be uh, episode twelve. Is going to be uh, you know uh, me, Mike Vallis, and uh, more likely it's going to be Coop again, mm-hmm. talking about some of the new Doctor Who. Especially since the new season just started now. Yeah, so. so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, you know some of the some of the rumors circulating around some of the new Doctor choices that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've probably heard about and things like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, with Mystery Science Theater coming back on Netflix, that's like a big thing for us. So we wanted to just kind of talk about it a little bit and, you know, do all that stuff. So um, if you follow this kind of thing or you're interested in hearing more, you know, you can go to podcast.rad.tv. That's, uh, you know, where you can get uh, all the Facebook links are there, all the Twitter links are there. Uh, you can also visit my video game repro shop, uh, repro.rad.tv. And Mark was just playing one of the games that... Uh, going to have up for sale uh, mr moy got lost in that for about four hours yeah I, yeah it was just me sitting with no one to talk to while he, <laughs> while he played mr moy no we were both kind of strategizing and playing it have you ever played this game mr, mr. moy it's called moy kun okay in japan it's from but it somebody made a rom hack translated it and you know turned it now it's mr moy and it's on an American NES cartridge. You can play it on American NES. I'm gonna have it up in a shop this week. But uh, yeah, you'll have to play it. It's like how would you describe it? Like a puzzle game? Like yeah, a puzzle call, platformer? Yeah, we'll call it like a yeah, like a strat- like a strategy platformer, puzzle strategy platformer. Yeah. So I'm picturing Lost Vikings right now. That's the Easter Island heads from Radius. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Danian had a chance to play this a couple weeks ago, and then I just uh, I thought that's what you were saying about Moai because I'm I'm used to calling it Moai. So Moai, yeah, I don't know what the. Like Are we going to look up the pronunciation yeah, for gift, that one? Gift, 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 gift tomato, yeah. tomato, whatever. Minotaur, yeah. Minotaur. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, you know, whatever. So uh, that's it, man. Episode 11. I'm Ray Price. I'm Duncan. Mike Vallis here. And Kirk. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Oh, great. Pretty good. What do you think?
It stinks. Warning. The CD-ROM disc contains computer data that may damage your audio system. Please stop playing this disc immediately. Please press the stop button now. This disc is for use with the CD-ROM system. This disc contains computer data that is not for audio use. Please press stop on your disc player immediately. まもなく2曲目に入ります。止めてください。